Today is Tuesday, February 13th, 2024, and you're listening to the Ask a Christian Podcast. I'm your host, Nate. All right, let's get to it. We have some questions about Judas. Uh, Good guy, bad guy, why didn't Jesus cast the devil out of him? Let's talk about it. Um, Let's see, John Calvin. Oh, question about Calvin. Um, And Michael Servetus. Um, did he advocate uh, for his death because of his Unitarian heresy? Uh, that is disputed, and if you care about that stuff, we talk about it. And by we, I mean not so much me, but the uh, the resident historian in the room, uh, Chris. <laughs> then we talk about you know a little bit of Catholic history and atrocities, which leads into that and the religious fighting. Then uh, someone asked the question, um, you know, if you're born, uh, why are you a Christian? Because you were born a Christian, you were born into a Christian family, that type of thing. If you were born somewhere else in an atheist household, you'd be an atheist. Well, I see why they would say that, but it's not exactly correct. Uh, people can change all the time, and they do. We have examples. Look around. So it may lead you. It, it may have a bent. It may kind of weight the scales more to one side or the other. But that's also a double-edged sword because you know a lot of a lot of atheists or you know Muslims or whatever are pushed to or away from a religion because they were specifically brought up in another religion. So you know if you're brought up uh, in a religious Christian household. Um, that can easily make an atheist if they feel their parents are too heavy-handed or don't practice what they preach or, you know, they, they for whatever reasons. Or if you're brought up in an atheist household and feel like it's a godless, cold existence. <laughs> Shout out, atheist. Um, <laughs> then just playing. I mean, you can be warm and fuzzy, too. But if the person feels like they were brought up in a cold, dead household, maybe that'll make them uh, drive them into the arms of a religion or something. Um, it should be because they believe in a god or existence of a god, not because of feels, but... You know, not saying people do things for sane, rational reasons all the time. Then, oh, good Lord, uh, there is a Generation Z Bible. Um, our our guest, Rosalie, reads a couple paragraphs from it. It may be the worst thing I've ever heard, ever heard. We've read pigeon Bibles. We've read pirate Bibles. We've read a Bible translated into Klingon. And none of them are as awful as the Gen Z translation. It is mind-blowing. Uh Shout out Gen Z, I guess. Anyway, they, then we get into politics, and eh, anyway, we talk about politics for a long time, so if that's your thing, uh, we talk about that a bit, um, quite a bit. <laughs> the election, the fake insurrection, um, you know, Trump on the ballot, Supreme Court, um, Joe Biden's, uh, you know, the, the uh, report that just came out, um, all, all these things and more. So, um, enjoy the podcast, share the links, check out the Ask a Christian store, keep us going. It is not free for us to do this. Um, take care. Have an awesome day. God bless. Oh, sorry. Let me, let me go back here to John. Uh, let's just read this thing. So in John 17, 12. Okay. So I specifically looking for perdition. Is that not, is that we're not in the ESV anyway? Okay. Uh, Jesus, John 17, uh, let's start at, uh, 13. Sure. Why not? Or 12. That's where it is. It's not perdition. It's destruction in the ESV. While I was with them, um, while I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given me. I have guarded them, and not one of them has been lost except the son of destruction, that the scripture might be fulfilled. So there's the answer right there. Um, but let's keep reading. Uh, but now I'm coming to you in these things. I speak to the world that they may have joy fulfilled in, them, in themselves. I have given them your word, and the wor- uh, world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Uh, anyway, okay, so, so the answer is in John 12. So... While I was with them, I kept in your name. I've guarded them, and not one of them has been lost except the son of destruction. I mean, the whole point is so the scriptures might be fulfilled. So the question, you know, why didn't Jesus just cast out, uh, you know, cast the devil out of Judas? Well, then 
he, he would have been going against his own, you know, the own fulfillment of scripture. So I think, you know, there is some things that can be um, understood really nice and pretty and beautiful through, you know, metaphor or allegory. Um, but in this case, I, I don't, I just see it as it's written, like scripture needed to be fulfilled. I mean, that kind of gets to like, well, why couldn't Jesus have, you know, uh, got himself off the cross? Why couldn't he have legions of angels come and rescued him? It says he could have. Um, why couldn't he just done that? Uh, well, then scripture wouldn't have been fulfilled. And like in Revelation, uh, what is in Revelation that says, you know, the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. So it was always known uh, that Jesus was going to be crucified and raised from the dead. Um, so if he would have done that, that, that would have broke those scriptures too. And that would have kept them from being fulfilled. So anyway, that's the answer to the first question. Um, so Jesus didn't cast the devil out of Judas because he was always the son of perdition or the son of destruction. Uh, so the scripture might be fulfilled. Uh, okay, let's see. <clears throat> do, do you guys have any thoughts on that before I go to the second question he had? No. Great, fine. Okay. It sounds uh, like sounds like determinism is true. That doesn't automatically necessitate that for all time. Yeah, uh -uh. Just saying. Sure it does. No, it doesn't. Why did I hope he shows up today? Ah, oh, go away. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you can't go away. I'm, I'm losing too many people to the great Christian schism. Okay. Um, all right. Also, a second question regarding uh, that Judas was a vessel for destruction, destined as a son of perdition, facilitating the crucifixion of Christ. If Peter obstructs Gagaltha, uh, he is rebuked as Satan. Yet if Pilate facilitates Gagaltha, he is condemned. What determines Jesus' feelings? Well, I guess the contention I would take is the very last word, feelings. Um, that that kind of changes the entire structure of the question. But do, do anyone else want to answer that before I restructure this question to my liking? <laughs> oh, you people are such a letdown. I wasn't paying attention. I'm sorry. What was what was the question? Okay. The I'm question. Breakfast. Stop it. Stop it. I was getting popped. <laughs> Have you seen those memes? It's like S-T-H-A-P. It's like, it's like, stop it. <laughs> anyway. I'm making hibiscus tea. Oh, boy. Okay. That was just for dipity. The second question. Regarding Judas is a vessel for destruction, destined as a son of perdition, facilitating the crucifixion of Christ. If Peter obstructs Golgotha, he is rebuked as Satan, yet if Pilate facilitates Golgotha, he is condemned. What determines Jesus' feelings? Are you guys not listening again? Are you back to your hibiscus? No, I'm, I'm yeah. listening. I just don't know oh. what he means by feelings. Like, what is that? I don't okay. know. Yeah. Okay, well, Well, yeah, Will, if you want to clarify, go ahead and let me try to restructure it to, to uh, so, let's so, restructure this question in our image. <laughs> Basically, yeah. I, I think the premise that Will is trying to get at is what makes it okay for him to save one and not another based on like he's he's attributing that to feelings, whereas I would posit that he's attributing that to his um, omniscience. Well, well, there's a couple things. So, I mean, it seems like, you know, why is he why is he being mad at Peter and rebuking him when he says, you know, far be it from me, Lord, that you that you should die. And he's like, no, get behind me, Satan. When Jesus tells him how he must die, and he's like, "No, no, you'll never die." And he's like, "Get behind me, Satan!" So why is it uh, why is it bad 
uh, or why does Peter get rebuked for that, for trying to prevent his death? But then uh, Pilate, he says, is condemned. Um, did, is Pilate really condemned? What do, what do you mean by that? I wonder. Like the scripture. Like what do you? I wonder what you mean by Pilate is condemned. Um, not right. by so, the Lord. I mean, like the whole deal is that, like Peter's like, oh, you know, I'm not going to let you go to the cross. The reason he says, "Get behind me, Satan," is because you know Jesus is already about to go into the Garden of Gethsemane, and you know pray his his uh, prayer and sweat blood, you know, because he is about to take on the sins of the world, right? And so, you know, it's a it's a final temptation that, uh, you know, he's facing with Peter, and he says, get behind me, Satan. And, of course, Peter is taken aback by that. Um, with Pilate, it's simply, you know, Pilate I is... I just doing... got his question. Oh, Okay. Well, and I, I think that Pilate is is condemned for his wicked actions. The crucifixion is the most wicked event in human history. I don't think he means condemned by God. I think he means why do Christians look at Pilate like if if this was all destiny and he was supposed to die on the cross? Why? Do oh, Christians... is that what you mean? Am is I what you wrong, mean, Will? Will? It... Oh, okay. Well, if that's what you mean. Let me answer your question by going and saying something that has nothing to do with it. Look at Pharaoh, right? So like Phaedra in Egypt, you know, we think he's bad and evil because he is and he was. But if it was all part of God's plan and God knew it was going to happen anyway, how can we hold Pharaoh responsible? Because he was still bad and wicked and evil. So like if, if we say, you know, it's bad, um, you know, for Pilate to, to let Jesus, who he couldn't find any fault in, to go be murdered, uh, you know, unjustly killed um, on the cross – how can we say he is bad and evil because it was just he was just doing what God wanted, right? Same thing with Judas. How can we be mad at uh, you know Judas because he was just doing what God had always destined him to do? Well, if God took a perfectly good little Judas that was always going to be like the greatest servant of Christ ever and made him evil, <clears throat> that'd be bad. We couldn't blame Judas. But that's under that scenario, which and you know didn't predeterminism. <laughs> so not being so, correct. Yeah, so it's not like God took a perfectly good, innocent little pilot or Judas and made them evil. These were already people who were who were this way anyways. Like, that was their bent. So the fact that it was ordained by Scripture or ordained by God, and then these people just carried it out? Well, yeah, they're totally culpable. Because even, you know, even if they would have been innocent or whatever or perfectly good, then they probably wouldn't be in the story. Instead of pilot, it would be like, you know, Pilateris or... Instead of Judas, it would be like, you know, Jodas. It would have been like different people who are already evil and corrupt who would have just slid so perfectly into that role that whenever, you know, they're ordained by God to do this anyways, there's no problem. They're like, yeah, sign me up. Like, you don't got to twist my arm, that type of thing. It's almost like compatibilism, Nate. And this I said it without is saying the reason, it. Uh, that, that very thing is the reason why, like, anti-Semitism has grown so rampantly in the church is because people like to do the whole, oh, Jews killed Christ, Jews killed Christ, because they turned him into the Romans. Um, I, I think forgetting the, the concept that that crucifixion and that price that he paid on the cross was preordained, you know, from the beginning of time. Mm. <clears throat> well, 
it's just such a lame almost argument like determinism is true. <laughs> it's just such a lame argument. It's like Jews killed Christ. Well, you may as well just say people killed Christ because Jews also worship Christ. Uh, Christ also was a Jew. The very first people, you know, yep. uh, like the authors of the Bible were Jews. So if you're going to blame Jews for, you know, killing Christ, also blame Jews for, you know, bringing us the gospel, um, you know, writing the That's prophets, right. Right, you know, compiling the Bible for our benefit. Um, so I, I don't get it. So it's just like, you know, there are good, um, I don't know, good Christians and bad Christians. So why, why blame Christians? Just, just call them people. Some are great Christians. Some are awful Christians. Um, same with any race or people group. Like instead of saying, oh, it's those people or, oh, it's that group. Like unless it's 100% one way or the other, then just be like, oh, those, those people are good. Those people are bad. Like what people? Like, oh, those. And then like specifically identify the, the certain faction of people who are doing the thing you're talking about. So for example, um, the Jews killed Christ. Oh, what Jews? Oh, um, those like, you know, 13 people over there, those specific ones involved in it. Or those like 300 in the angry mob rioting, crucifying. Like specifically those people. Anyway. Uh, Will, did that answer your question? Wonderful. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah, Romans 9 also addresses this. He is the potter, we are the clay. You're like Gumby. Yep. He's the potter, we're claymation. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Someone, yeah, have you guys he heard forms the joke? Oh. and will reform as he desires, just like the potter. Have you heard oh. the joke uh, that's like, um, like go to a Baptist church? It's like, yep, Baptists will teach you salvation and salvation and salvation. Because <laughs> huh. I, I was like, uh, have you heard that before? Mm -mm. That's a pretty good one, though. I was talking to my uh, my parents who you know were raised Pentecostal. They go to Simmons of God Church and everything, and I was telling them, I'm like. Yeah, I help out. I play, you know, a guitar at a at a friend's Baptist church sometimes when they need help. And I'm like, they're like, oh, well, you know, it's it's, you know, they're like, okay, well, that's fine. But you know, I tell them how my kids go with me and how they like it. And they're like, well, you know, you need to teach them everything else. They need to be where they can learn everything else. And by that, they mean like talking in tongues and stuff. And I'm like, well, that's fine, fine, fine. And I'm like, well, hey, I appreciate it though because you know this this church. I'm like, you know, I really like the pastor. Like every time, like he talks about the gospel like a lot. And my mom's like, well, you know that joke, right? I'm like, what? And they're like, oh, well, the Baptist will teach you. Like, she's like, someone at church told it. Like, the Baptist will teach you salvation and salvation and salvation. I'm like, well, yeah, that's funny. But, I mean, it's also not bad. Well, it's not uh, terrible. But, like, you know, church is not for the unbeliever. Like, that's the thing. It's like, we got it all backwards. Like, church is the place where believers are taught so they can go out in the world and talk to unbelievers. We, we have this whole thing where we like want to tailor church services to unbelievers. It's really weird. And it's never been that way in church history. Oh, uh, most church services were closed. Like you weren't even like, there are some places where you weren't even allowed in to church services, but they'll happily talk to you and have a feast with you outside. Interesting. Um, yep. In the well, second yeah, century, catumens were, were Christians that weren't even allowed in church. Huh, I would have some questions about that, but yep. I, I, I mean, um, I mean, it's not like, you know, all the preachers like, Hey, uh, you know, Jesus died for your sins. And then just like put that on repeat for 30 minutes. I mean, you know, there's like 
there's some good scriptural, uh, you know, delving into scripture and stuff like that from what I've heard. But I mean, you know, it always like, you know, somewhere in there is a salvation message. And then it always, it always ends up with, you know, the gospel, which is good, right? Because I mean, primarily it's for, you know, Christians go to church, but you know, uh, there are occasionally people who it's their first time or whatever, or maybe, maybe, you know, they're a Christian from another church and they, they really haven't got it. And it's also nice to hear. Like, I don't, I don't hate hearing it. I mean, of course it's great. It's the greatest thing, but uh, Will asks, um, are you reformed Calvinist? Uh, only Chris, I believe is, and we're praying for him. Uh, let's see. Um, hypothetically, Chris, would Jesus have rebuked Pilate if Pilate refused to wash his hands and let him be crucified? How do you think that would have gone? You think Jesus would be like, uh, yeah, how do you think I mean, that would Since Jesus was decreeing every single action in the first place, like I just don't see how that would even be possible, but I mean, sure. Well, Peter got rebuked. So, I mean, Jesus re, uh, decreed Peter to say, far be it from him, he would never die. So then Jesus could respond by saying, I, you know, get behind me, Satan. Yeah. That would be the same thing for Pilate then. So, I mean, he could have done the same thing for Pilate. I suppose. Um, so, what would have happened? You think, he would have, you think he would have rebuked him? Hypothetically, sure. Okay, sounds good. No one knows for sure. No way to know. Um, let's see. And Nate, you're a secret Calvinist. Well, you're just because you say you're like so, undercover boss. Sure. You're undercover Calvinist. Sure. If my Calvinism, if you're okay with, you know, freely choose God today. Be a partner with God, and you know, yeah. Um, and meet him, meet him right there in the middle, and you know, work with God and set up your corporation together, and um, freely oh, choose really? him with so your free a, a works, will you've been given. The works of salvation. How'd you get that? I was talking about partnership. Yeah, you, know, you do stuff. Partners yeah, that's do what stuff. I'm, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Okay. Yeah. I'm just trying to say stuff against your Calvinism and have you keep calling me Calvinist. <laughs> No, you're just, you're just a closet Calvinist. It's great. I've already convinced you of compatibilism. It's game over. You're done. Put a fork in you. You didn't convince I'm like, I'm like, me. Of, <laughs> you didn't convince me of compatibilism. It just is a great argument to take out everyone's uh, pointy arrows from their quiver and have everyone just chill out and be like, "Oh, okay, good enough." I know, but I'm like five minutes away from getting serendipity on board on compatibilism. It'd be great. <laughs> It just it just takes a lot of the teeth out of it because instead of like instead of instead of God being like you know, you're determined you're a force it doesn't matter what you think um, that's got some teeth that causes some quarrels but if it's like oh well you know all that's true but if it wasn't true and God totally let you do whatever you wanted to do you'd do exactly the same thing it's like oh well then it's just some kind of like philosophical point that sure sure fine let's be friends now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if, if I was a Calvinist, though, I'd make Calvinism a lot more uh, uh, nice. <laughs> really? With that, right? Like, I mean, the classic thing is like, you have no no power, blah, blah, blah. You can't do anything. God forces you. He commands you. Ah, you're so stupid, Arminian. And then I would say it the way I said it, and people would be like, oh, hey, I like your Calvinism. I'll join your call. Well, there you go. We'll do that. <laughs> I will, I will oh, say that Nate is the greatest Calvinist in the world. <laughs> you know that Nate, he's making Calvinism great again. Oh, <laughs> oh boy.
Let's see. Zippity could be your disciple. It'd be great. Make this happen. What color are your robes? Pitch black. Oh. Well, I do like that, but it doesn't seem super holy. I mean, you know. Black is the uh, presence of all colors. <laughs> well, very inclusive, I, I suppose. Yeah, there you go. Oh, hey, CEO, Rosalie, welcome. Feel free to say some stuff. What's up, CEO? Morning. Hey, uh, give me two minutes. I'm so stoked because I got my day back. I was supposed to do this really heinous install this morning, and I was dreading it. And then I asked the client, and I was like, hey, did that get pushed back? And he's like, yeah, it got pushed back to March 4th. I'm like, yes. <laughs> so what are you doing with your day? Uh, how, ooh, how do you reconcile the deeds of John Calvin in light of a verse such as 1 Corinthians eleven nineteen? Anyone know that off the top of their head? Is that something like I don't, I don't, I'm not a fall, I'm not of them, I'm of Jesus? Is is the verse something like that? Anyone? Nope. So eleven is going to be like head coverings on women. Let's see. So first Corinthians or second Corinthians? Uh, he says first. Oh, first. Oh, so never mind. Okay, so let me look it up. Do you have your head covering, Chris? Uh, yeah. There must also be heresies, um, uh, for there must all, uh, be also heresies among you that which are approved may be made manifest among you. There's factions among you, so that those are approved may become evident among you. Therefore, when we meet together in the same place, it is not to eat the Lord's Supper, for in your eating, each one takes his own supper first. And one is hungry and another is drunk. I'm not sure what this has to do with Calvin. Nor I. Um, I'm not yeah, sure what deeds John Calvin were referring to. Hey, I'm brother, not sure what heresies. Hey, I'm not sure what heresies came about in that verse. That's a that's a weird translation. Yeah, well, I think we needed a little more explanation there. Uh, so I, have you, was I have a transition point whenever you're ready. Uh, well, until we're until Will clarifies, we may be ready. Uh, oh, uh, John Calvin advocated for the state-sanctioned execution of Michael Servetus because of his Unitarian heresy. Well, yeah, that's expressly not true. So I would say, defend. please go, please go read and study the history again. Um, Servetus was wanted all over Europe. In fact, he was the night before he was to be burned in France, he ended up escaping and then came to Geneva against everyone's wishes because he had the death penalty literally everywhere in Europe. And it wasn't because he was a Unitarian. It was because he was fomenting terrorist acts and murdering people and having them killed all over Europe. And so like, <laughs> this idea that Michael Servetus was some nice dude who was just a unitard is like completely fictional. It's like that was, and, and, if, and it's fictional because it was put out there by Voltaire of all people who hated Calvin. And so like Voltaire actually rewrote the history of Servetus 
But if you go back to the original sources, which most scholars have done, you find out Servetus was a really bad guy. He was writing letters to the caliphate to come invade Europe and that his Unitarian terrorist friends were going to help the caliphate cleanse Europe of all Christians, things like that. Not a good guy. Um, and so then uh, Calvin actually pleaded for the town council who was in charge of Geneva to not execute Servetus. And this is all documented. You can go read the original sources. Um, no, don't ever believe me. Go check for yourself. And so, what would be the best way to find such sources? Is it a term you would Google that would take you to a a good paper on it, or? Um, yeah, there's a there's a couple mind? of books out there, um, and certainly there's some papers. I, I mean, I don't have one off the top of my head. I've read several, so I can probably go find one and post it in the chat. But yeah, I mean, like. All of this is well-documented. Um, Calvin actually um, advocated for Servetus uh, not to be released because, again, he was wanted everywhere in Europe. He was the Adolf Hitler of Europe at that time. Like, everybody wanted this guy dead. The Catholic Church, the Lutherans, the Calvinists, like, everybody wanted this guy dead. Um, and he had the death penalty literally in every state in Europe. So anywhere he would go, he would have been executed. So to say that Servetus was somehow some kind of special thing that Calvin arranged his execution is simply untrue. That's just Voltaire trying to besmirch Calvin. It's actually really interesting. Um, Voltaire actually um, forged letters supposedly from Calvin. He hated him that much. And these are known forgeries now. So all of this is out there. You can go see it. You know Voltaire, that guy. Well, that was a good history lesson. <clears throat> so uh, we put your put you right up there with a Putin interview. <laughs> history lesson. Uh, see you. What's up? <laughs> hey, yeah, no, I, I just had a thought this morning about um, how sometimes, like, <clears throat> you know, Trump says really smart things, and I just wonder why he doesn't focus on doing that more. Like, I just heard his comment about for Ukraine, why don't we loan them the money? And then they can pay us back after the war. This sounds like a very common sense, smart idea that should be completely uncontroversial. And I wonder why he just doesn't do that more. Old dog, new trick, set in his ways, stubborn. Habit. My guesses. Oh, and Chris, you never, I, I, haven't, I haven't heard from you since DeSantis dropped out, so it, what, what do you think failed there? Um, I mean, I, I'm not going to lay a lot of blame to DeSantis. I think that, you know, there is a certain percentage of the electorate that they just want to put a thumb in the eye of the government, and Trump is their best way to do that. So they're not really thinking hey, let's have great policy and let's get some stuff done and let's unravel the deep state and all that stuff. They're like, no, I want Trump because I want to, like, destroy the system. I want Trump to just, like, be the wrecking ball that I can't be. I, I want that's Trump the... for the first things you said about great policy. We had great policy under him. Yeah, the only reason you did is because nobody with conservatives would work for Trump. 
because Trump himself is not conservative. Like the things that he specifically like tried to get done, like the uh, like some of the bail reform and some of the other stuff is just all liberal wish lists. I mean, it's well, it's simply because. Yeah, I mean, it's just I mean, and his COVID and everything else, like he's he's just simply he is conservative by virtue of political appointees that he has no choice but to appoint. Well, I mean, you know, doing the right thing for the wrong reasons. It may not be what you want, but I mean, it still benefits everyone the same. Like if you're doing conservative policies because you have to or because you want to um, either way. I mean, if they get done, you would rather them get done by someone who who wants to do that way from their own fortitude. But, you know, I'll take being armed into that position. That's fine. But, I mean, still, it's just common sense. Like, you know, it would, it would almost be like if, um, you know, if RFK wasn't so just ugh, liberal, um, a lot of the things that is pretty bipartisan topics, um, you know, he's great on. Because it doesn't matter if you're conservative or liberal. Like, um, for, for a lot of the things, it's just common sense. And it's just like you don't need to be aligned with the political party to just see – plain as day like this is the right answer about this topic um it's like you know 99 of humanity would agree with this so things like that i think is where trump really shines with like just common sense approaches to everything and you know if it's like lacking a little on the um i don't know not not conservative enough um but i would also argue that the people that sometimes seem the most conservative um you know talk a big game but when you actually see what they got done um you know, you would say, wow, well, you know, it didn't seem like Trump's as conservative as them, but the thing he actually did was more conservative than anything they've done. Yeah. Uh, CEO, I mean, did that answer whatever you said? Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, the loaning. Yeah. Well, except, yeah, I also don't think it would be prudent to loan them money because they're clearly, like, if, if we didn't intervene, they would, like, you know, the, the Europe or whatever didn't intervene, they would have lost a long time ago. Like, they're not going to have money to pay anyone back. But I, I, mean, I get yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't well, know. I think we'll have money after the war because we'll go in there and rebuild and make the kind of make the economy stronger. I mean, that's what we did after World War Two, right? Like Germany and Japan. Yeah, I I don't know. I think that uh, I think that Trump will probably not win. I think he's going to lose 39 states. I Well, if you look, I mean, unless, <clears throat> I mean, it's hard to tell from different poll people, but I mean, unless they're completely lying through their teeth, which, you know, whatever. Um, like before when he won, he had like, what, like 30 something percent of like uh, Hispanic support. And now if it's to be believed, it's like somewhere between 46 and like, you know, if you're being really generous, like 52, like that's crazy. Like that's never happened for a Republican before. Um, so if, if trends like that continue, and that's where it's like, you know, common sense, right? So even if, you know, Democrats are relying on, you know, migrants to come over and they'll just give them free stuff. Well, after a while, um, you know, a lot of the migrants are coming from religious countries. So, uh, you know, they have a sense of, well, whatever. I, I think they're more closely aligned with conservatism uh, than the Democrats give them credit for. And I think it's kind of backfiring in a way. Because once they get here, they're like, okay, well, now that I'm here, no, now let's go back to, you know, conservative principles where, you know, we don't, we don't do things illegal, like crossing in other nations and blah, 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 blah. And I think they're going to end up voting, um, you know, with common sense and, you know, more on the moral side of thing, uh, things like abortion or whatever. Um, let's see. 
Um, Kai, what's up? Are you? Oh, if you're, uh, we don't hear you. I see you're off mute, but we don't hear you. So maybe plug something in differently or restart the app. Uh, but we don't hear anything you're trying to say. Um, you and Will still having a chat over there? Uh, he believes the KJV. Uh, did you figure out what? Seems uh, like he's a KJV onlyist. I'm not real sure what his hey, real hey, logical. Oh, oh hey, there you are. What's up? No, I'm chilling. Just here to listen. What's up? Wait, you came on stage just to listen? Okay. I mean, you don't have to leave. All <laughs> I mean... righty, then. Um, I was so, so job, thing. Nate. <laughs> I mean, I, it confuses me. I wasn't telling Damn him to leave. Off. I wasn't telling him Dang, to leave. It's fine. Mate. I mean, like, sometimes people will say they have better audio quality if they're on stage. And I'm like, okay, well, I guess that's understandable if that's the case. But a lot of times, like, people will raise their hand. I'm like, hey, what's up? You got a question? You're on stage. You're like, I just want to listen. I'm like, well, you were listening. Like, you, you came on stage, so talk. I didn't mean he had to go. <laughs> I, I was just looking. I, I thought he was going to say it was a better audio quality on stage. Uh, that's what I was looking for. Wow. Sorry, sorry, man. <laughs> didn't mean He's that. going to look for one of those other schism rooms. <laughs> They're nicer, Nate. <laughs> man, I, I mean, I was just asking the question. <laughs> uh, so, 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 Nate, I, I had a question for you. Uh, so, um. I have uh, another friend of mine who also just abhors any bad audio quality, like in the same way you do. And I'm wondering, is there what what, what causes that in you? Is there some sort of like childhood experience you had or something? Because you hate audio quality, like at a level that I have rarely seen, but this other friend of mine does too. So I was just wondering what drives that in you. Well, I want to say being normal. Like, how do you all not hate it? Like, how does it not make you want to, like, scratch your ears out of your head? Like, it, it's, well, for one, like, 13 years of doing this, when audio is, like, the only way of communication between all of us, that's the one thing we've got. So so it's like, a, you know, flickering a TV screen. It's like, how long can you watch a TV flickering at you before you're like, okay, this thing is dying. I'm missing, like, you know, 30% of my show because it's, like, blue screening. Um so, no, I, I mean, I just want, you know, decent, clear audio. And it shouldn't be hard to have in most places on Earth. Like, uh, you know, most places, have, even highways and stuff, have decent um, cell phone signal. So it it, it just bugs me. Like, I, how are you okay with it? Oh, Rosalie agrees. Thank you. <laughs> We're the normal ones. Oh, he left too. Come back, CEO. Oh, there you are. Uh, CEO, are you there? Oh, I give up. sorry, my Bluetooth switched back and forth. I got gotcha. you. Would you say it's uh, audio issues? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> well, that's that's the answer to your question. Uh, we're normal. No, I appreciate it. <laughs> um, you guys are going quite the uh, quite the chat over there. You want to bring any uh, of that over here? I just don't know what any of that means. God is all the philosophical properties. Like, 
I'm just not even sure what that means. That he's energies? Like, if he's energy, that would mean that he's, like, physical. Because energy is a function of matter. It's weird. God is necessarily immutable as a philosophical axiom. What's that verse in Corinthians, Chris? <laughs> I don't know. No, no, the one about, like, you know, I always bring up for, like, when people get into, like, deep philosophy and theological oh, terms. Oh, I like preach that. Christ and him crucified. Well, there's a few of them that apply. It's like, where are the philosophies of this world? Where are the, uh, you know, like, the high-minded scholars? Like, haven't they been yeah. made foolish or, or, or put to shame or something like that by the foolishness of God or whatever? The foolishness of God yeah, is yeah. higher than the w wisdom of man. Um, Corinthians 1. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, Scott, we can talk Scott about Scott Jones has a question for you. Can, can Democrats go to heaven? <laughs> um, it is easier very... to go through the eye of a needle, but... <laughs> Yes, very unlikely, Scott Jones. It's very unlikely. Well, it's also like different denominations, right? It's like how how much do they actually know about what they're what they're supporting and advocating for? But ultimately, you know, it's it's a belief in Christ, the death, the resurrection, a willingness to you know repent and follow Him and uh, ask for salvation and eternal life. If they do that and they sincerely believe Christ was raised from the dead and they confess Jesus as Lord, they will be saved. And it will be a work of the Holy Spirit to, you know, correct them as he will. Convict them and, you know, hopefully they, they adhere to the convictions of whatever, um, you know, that issue may be. Yeah. So maybe for some of that would look like, what? You mean the Democrats support abortion? Or, yeah, I support abortion. Oh, what is that? Oh, it means murdering babies? No, I don't support that. I had no idea that's what abortion meant. So, I mean, you know, some people's level of um, in understanding may be severely lacking. So, uh, you know, only God knows the heart. That's a pretty good answer, Nate. Who gets to heaven first, the Democrat or the Jew? Now give us your good answer, Chris. Yeah, I mean, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't doubt anyone thinks Jimmy Carter's a Christian, right? I mean, you know. Oh, I, I doubt it. Example. You don't think he's a Christian? Yeah. No. Really? Yeah, he's a whack job progressive. Wait, is he still alive? I think he died recently. He died like, recently. Six months didn't ago. He? Yeah. I just said that. Well, I, I mean, mean he, I'm wait, not, he I don't like judge anybody's was, salvation, wasn't, but wasn't he a Baptist Sunday school teacher for like a hundred years? Yeah, but like, a liberal and, and, Baptist. Was uh, there even a liberal Baptist like eighty years ago? Oh yeah. Oh, but a liberal sure. Baptist back then would probably be pretty conservative now, no? No, like they don't believe that Jesus was actually you know, a thing that, you know, he's just an idea. It's like what? all that nonsense. You say yeah, that man. about everyone. Jimmy Carter's still alive. Jimmy Carter. Jimmy Carter's still alive. alive. Does okay. say that about everyone. I thought they had his funeral. I'm just saying, I don't say that about everyone. I say that about <laughs> liberals. But you say everyone's a liberal. Yes. No, not everyone's a liberal. <laughs> oh my goodness. Scott Jones is a liberal. I don't know Scott Jones. You don't know Scott Jones? Scott Jones I is a good Scott dude. Jones. Hi, Scott He's Jones. A, he is a agent provocateur. Uh, but in a good way. He's a he's a no, he's a furry lovable. To what? I'm road raging. No. <laughs> Your road rage is extremely calm. 
Oh, I know. I was in a room one day and I was traveling and I was like, sir, sir, uh, don't come into my lane. Do better. And they cracked up <laughs> my road rage. They were like, that's your do better. That's your road rage. Yeah. <laughs> that's like... Fantastic. Oh, and then you I hear gunshots because <laughs> Dippity's actually firing her gun at people. Right. I saw do that better. movie Unhinged. Have you guys seen that with Russell Crowe? What? It's called Unhinged with Russell Crowe. It's about road rage. No, I've never heard of it. It's a couple years old. This is pretty good. I mean, of course, it's like, you know, a white guy and like a giant jacked up, like, you know, dust spewing, whatever, smoke spewing truck. And, you know, that's the bad guy. But, uh, yeah, the whole thing is someone like, you know, gets in a road rage incident with him. So he spends the movie like tracking down their family and like just killing everyone. I'm like, dang. Oh, Will, you're up here on uh, on stage. Did you want to speak? Hello? Hey. Uh, you, you can hear me? Yes. Okay, great. Um, I'm used to Discord. I just joined, uh, uh, what's this place called? Clubhouse. Clubhouse. I just joined this today. All right. Which Discords are you on? Uh, uh, PNR and Politics. Uh, Okay. Are you familiar with that? Oh, yeah. Okay. Are you on that? Have you been kicked off that one, Chris? <laughs> no. I, it's a dumpster fire. I don't participate that much on, on Discord. Okay. So, therefore, I don't get kicked off very often. Yeah, I guess this is like uh, this is like the stages thing on Discord. Kind of, yeah. Okay. Welcome to Clubhouse, Will. Yeah, thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Condolences in advance. (laughs) Did you just follow the question of if Jimmy Carter is a good person? Jimmy Carter was a peanut farmer. That's true. (laughs) My son's allergic to peanuts. I can't stand peanuts. Oh, that's awful. Two things I don't like, peanuts and panda bears. I have a I have a really irrational hatred for panda bears. And does he have like sensitivity to other like cashews, pistachios, and sprays peanuts? That would be correct, yeah. Cashews, pistachios, walnuts. But not almonds, interestingly enough. Wait, hmm. those those are a no go or those are okay? No, those are no go. Like cashew. Uh, the way I figured out that he was allergic to nuts was, we were at Bath Pro and he was like three, and I got him some of those like candied cashews because he's like, ooh, you know. And I was like, all right, here you go, kid. And he starts eating them, and then like forty-five minutes later, he's puking his guts out. And I was like, oh, it must have been the it must have been the cashews. And now oh, that's man. how you punish him for disobeying. It's like, go get the jar of peanuts. Um, that's terrible. <laughs> that's why he's so. That's why he's such a good kid because he never has to do it. He's like, no, no, I'm not eating the cashews. And Chris, you said this was at IKEA. Bass no, at Bass Pro. Bass Pro, they have like these like candied nuts. Like, I don't know. I haven't been to Bass Pro in a long time, but we were at Bass Pro because he loved the aquarium, and he's three. Apparently you know, I mean, he's on boats. 
I mean, I, I would never buy a boat, but like, I mean, he, he loved the aquarium. Uh, brother, you've been up here a while. I forgot to ask you if you had anything to say. Do you have anything to say? I, I was going to say, I just came on stage just to listen. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, how about you, Saint? And yeah, well, whenever you're not uh, talking, just hit that mute button because otherwise we hear some like feedback or static. Uh, oh, okay. Saint, Fair hey, good morning. Uh, I had a question. Chris might be able to answer it, but oh, what was the earliest group of Christians that like documented where we started? Uh, like killing heretics who disagree. <laughs> that has Chris all over it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I know this one. Um, yeah, so it was never the church who executed heretics. Let's be really clear. What happened is that they would use the civil government to execute heretics. And so there was a partnership between the church and the civil government that they would have the civil government actually do the executions. You'll never find in church history where the church is just like carrying out an execution on their own. There's always the civil authority who is, you know, working hand in hand with whatever that church authority is to, uh, to kill those heretics. When you say hey, Christopher. Are, are, well, hey, hang on. Are, are you only including people who you consider the church or you consider everyone that calls themselves operating in the name of God? Like, are, are you saying the Catholic Church never did that? Yeah, the without, Catholic Church always used the civil authority. Yeah. Okay, so when is – so to his question before Scott jumps in real quick. When, when is, do you know the first time that the church started using the civil authority to murder people? I mean, I don't know of a specific instance. It would, it would definitely be, I mean, so like Second there are instances century? where things, there, there's instances where things happened, like the Empress Theodosius in, I believe, 850 something. Um, she just wiped out all of the bishops at a meeting because she disagreed with them. So, you know, was she wanted she her, church? well, I mean, she was the civil authority. She was the empress. So like they, they were, they were convening a council again um, to be iconoclast and uh, to try to, um, re, uh, recapitulate the council of Herrera. And so she got all those guys together and she just, she murdered them all in the chambers. Well, was that so a I mean, the church though, or was that a civil leader just doing it without well, the church I mean, being like, Hey, kill all they, these people for us, will you? Right. Well, the, the people who loved icons were like, you know, not mad about it. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> You All know. right. So, did you what? What was the uh, what was the century you said for that? I think it was like eight fifty. I'd have to check that. It's been a while. So okay. So a like good Emperor long time. Theodosius. I mean, it's been so, a while. So I mean, you could probably find other instances earlier. Um, you know, certainly like the when the Roman Empire got involved with the church. You know, after the toleration of Christianity, you you could probably find some stuff earlier than that. I just I don't know. I'm not aware of a single instance. Good enough, of, uh, Scott. <laughs> what were you saying? Yeah, speaking of civil authorities, I just wanted to get your reaction. This is from a PTA meeting in uh, Dearborn, Michigan. Allahu Akbar! Allahu Akbar! Allahu Akbar! Allahu Akbar! How do you guys feel about that? <laughs> 
that really happen? No. <laughs> oh, okay. I was like, did they really blow something up? <laughs> no, no. No, but that's a little, little Dearborn, Michigan joke there. <laughs> no, no, but I'd, uh, if you're a Jew, don't move there. <laughs> Yeah, no, <laughs> I would no. say if you're a Jew, stay out of it. I think if you're a Jew, stay I'd out stay out of most of the I mean, Northeast. I think this this is probably goes for most people. Like it's kind of the hey, one of these things is not like the other. So if you're one of the things not like the other, you should probably most people should probably shouldn't move there. <laughs> Nate, you're an audiophile. How's my sound quality coming in? It's good enough. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, I'm actually on my. Uh, I'm actually on a. a USB mic, but uh, not on my phone. Hmm. My son's got one of those real nice USB mics. I got him for Christmas, like the blue something. I don't know. It was expensive. Like the blue Yeti. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it is. It's a condenser. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's a condenser. I mean, it's it's very sensitive. So if you have high ceilings or something, it's not it's not ideal. But um, yeah, it's a good. It's a good for a USB mic. It's a top-notch USB mic. Well, I'm, I'm so one like, of those. Well, if you've ever, why would you? If anyone's ever listened to this thing, like on YouTube or something, like I, I go through and give like a little summary of what what the poor poor listeners are in store for it. Uh, and I, I have my awesome, you know, good sounding condenser quality mic. Um, so like the first like three or four minutes when I'm telling everyone, it's like great audio. And then whenever it switches to this stupid phone and what it is right now, uh, you know, it's awful, which is one more reason I hate Clubhouse. Why don't they have a web platform? It kills me. If you're going to go to the trouble of making apps for Android, iPhones, all this stuff, it is not that difficult to make a web, make it usable on a piece, like desktop platform. You can use it on a desktop. You use Club Deck. No, I mean like a standalone, not like a third-party thing. Oh. Yeah, but what's wrong with Club Deck? I'm on Club Deck right now. I love Club Deck. Well, I have – I use Linux, so I can't use Club Deck. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Use Linux. Yeah. But it's not because it's not because I'm like so much better than like everyone else and I have to like lord my betterness over them. It's, it's protest because I hate Microsoft and I can't afford Macs. Well, yeah, that's fair. Linux is only free if your time is worth nothing. So we used to joke about it. <laughs> well, I mean, I tried it a long time ago when that was true, and I gave up and went back to the beast, uh, Microsoft. But in, in you know more recent years, it's it's come a long ways. So um, yeah, now it's it's very much plug and play. So I I like that. And also I like AI, know. like ChatGPT is really helpful. So like when occasionally there is something that I'm like, what is going on? Why can't I make this work? I just you know ask ChatGPT and it gives me the code to enter and it fixes it. Hmm. Huh. So, you know, until it liquefies our bones and, you know, makes us human soup, um, you know, hey, old GPT. It's it's getting there. Uh, Let's see. Hey, anyone else in there listening, feel free to jump up on stage, ask your questions. Otherwise, you hear the kind of stuff we're talking about. So, like, in terms of magisterial authority, though, like, I, yeah, I feel like... It's a real bad idea to have the church and government together. And I think that our founders knew that as well. Like, because every time the the church and the state collude, it just, it demotes the church and it, like, it's just bad. It's bad all around. But you just want the church to be the government, right? Not the state, or not the church and the state. You just want the state, the church to fulfill the role of government. 
I mean, right? it'd be nice. In your but it's ideal never, world. Yeah, in my ideal world, this is never going to happen. Like, I mean, you, you would have to have all believers for that to happen. So this is not going to be a thing. Not until I believe in a literal millennial kingdom. I'm one of those hayseed hicks that believes in a literal millennial kingdom. So um, I think that will happen. But I think that uh, attempting to foment a civil government in the form of the church is just going to be, it's not going to be good. I mean, saints talk about like when they're burning heretics, it's like literally like 700 years ago when it's just Catholic Europe, like every single person here on stage would get burned at the stake. <laughs> it's like, so. That's hot. Yeah, that's kind of what I was looking literally? for. Like the, <laughs> the biggest documented where Christians were calling for the death of other people because of different doctrines and stuff. So, I mean, if we want to talk about, like, just people, like, going up against other people, I think that the largest day would be St. Bartholomew's Day Massacre. And the and the the numbers range wildly. The like the low end, it's three thousand people were killed in one day. On the high end, it was a hundred thousand people. And so it's somewhere in between, I'm sure. Uh, you know, there was a Catholic historian who posited the hundred thousand, and they were like psyched about it. Like, right? So they were just like, yes, we wiped out a hundred thousand dirty prots in one day. Um, so that was, that, that's one thing. And that may have just been hyperbole. Um, but that is one number that we have. Um, this happened in, uh, 1550 something. I don't know. I'd have to look it up, but St. Bartholomew's day massacre was literally just neighbors murdering their neighbors for being Huguenots in France. So in Paris, there's actually first person accounts of the river Seine, you know, the river Seine that runs through Paris being clogged with the bodies of Huguenot babies. Like they would just murder babies and toss them into the Seine and it clogged up the Seine. There were so many dead babies. So, I mean, you know, that's depressing. What, but, you what know, Roman Catholics are fine. Hmm? <laughs> what doctrine disagreement was that about? That was Catholics versus Protestants. Was there a Roman, Protestant was, revenge? Or did that never No. Happen? I mean, no. Like, what happened is over the, the next hundred years, there was 20 million, by anybody's count, there was 20 million Huguenots in France. And over the course of a hundred years, there became zero. Now, some of those fled. A lot of those were murdered. Some of them were forced conversions. But, yeah, 20 million in a hundred years. Were the, um, were the popes on board then? Like the whole Catholic Church was like, yeah, these people needed to die. Bro, was yes. Role? <laughs> like, so, so get this. So the the Pope at the time was so excited about the Saint Bartholomew's Day massacre that he minted a special gold coin commemorating the event. So like a commemorative plate, you know, and sent the King of France as a gift a rose made out of gold because he was so satisfied with the St. Bartholomew's Day Massacre. And this is all documented. And there is actually a fresco of the St. Bartholomew's Day Massacre in the Vatican 
in the right antechamber of St. St. Peter's Basilica. You can go and see it. And there's an entire thing where there's just blood everywhere and there's all the babies and they're celebrating it. They celebrate St. Bartholomew's Day Massacre because it was good and right. Is there... but, you know, Roman, Roman Catholics are fine. Is there like history, like documented history on why why it happened, what started? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's whole books well, they... written about it disagreed with his holiness right i mean yeah there were what is the, how does the how does the catholic church defend that they don't nowadays they just pretend like it never happened um if you press them on it they'll be like yeah well everybody was you know they'll, they'll try to do the yeah everybody was killing everybody back then That's what <clears> which is what that do. guy did in discord oh the catholic yeah or the orthodox guy because he's like i'm not catholic i'm not catholic like every time there's like something controversial about Catholicism, he's like the first one to defend it. I'm like, bro, if you're not Catholic, you know, what a Catholic talk. Which again is why they are exactly the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, they would they would go to war. I mean, like they hate each other with a fiery passion as well. Like they'll get together against Protestants, but like that's what I was trying to like. I was giving yeah. you and Mark some <laughs> tips, like. You know, ask them about this, ask them about that. Like, they really hate each other when it comes down to it. Like, the Great Schism, you know, was not about, like, doctrine. Because, like, the philo the philoque that is supposedly the big doctrine that was the big, you know, thing that they were fighting about in the Great Schism had been around for 700 years. Like, they, they didn't care. It, that was the excuse. That was the theological excuse. And the real reason for the Great Schism is because the East was pissed that the West didn't help them fight off the Muslims. And so then the Muslims took over Byzantium, um, Constantinople, and, you know, wiped out a bunch of the Christians there. And so they were just very, very pissed that the West would not come to their aid. Um, and then later on at the Council of... Um, Florence Ferraro, uh, they almost healed the Great Schism and came back together, but there was one guy, there was this one guy that would not concede. He was the Bishop of Ephesus named Mark, Mark of Ephesus. And that was the, he was literally the only person who wouldn't concede to sign the council of, uh, Ferraro and, uh, and yeah, Florence Ferraro. And uh, so they, that's why we still have Eastern Orthodox. We would not have. They were ready to submit to the Pope. They were ready to believe in purgatory. They signed off on all these things. And they, they were like, yep, we'll, we'll just do it. We're going to be one church again, one big happy family again. And, uh, and Mark of Ephesus is like, no, I, I like huffing the divine energies. When did the Orthodox... Did the Orthodox break go away from the Catholics, or who yeah, was? Yeah, it was called the Great Schism. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then, what was their reason for that? I mean, the the real reason is because the the, the Muslims had been running roughshod over the Orthodox, and the Western Church wouldn't help. They wouldn't. They they didn't start the Crusades until much later, and so. You know, the the Byzantium or Constantinople got taken over by um, by the Muslims, and you know it was like a whole bloody thing. And they're still pissed about it. They're still mad. 
the Crusades, the only, like, oh, the Crusades, that was still Catholic, huh? It was completely Catholic? No, it, it included Orthodox as well. So, like, they were combined forces a lot of times. Um, but they didn't always cooperate really well. And so there's actually some some Catholic defeats because their Orthodox guys were like, ha-ha, we're just kidding. We're not going to help you. Um so yeah, I mean the crusade like there's a whole bunch of history about the crusades. I'm not very up on my crusades history. It's just it's kind of boring to me. It's all martial history and I don't, I don't really care. So the you don't go to bed listening to audiobooks of the crusades. I mean, look, the rap that the the crusades get in western culture these days is like the crusades were some kind of bad evil wrong thing. I don't think they were. Like they were stopping the spread of Islam by the sword and you know i think the first crusade at least was was a decent you know just war so the you said the schism was when they separated but you also said that was when they united against the muslims so later on in the crusades they united against the muslims so you, there was the great schism of the churches but like they you know, eventually the first crusade, I don't remember when the first crusade was, I don't know if anybody else knows, but it was like, I think it was in the 1200s or something. Um, but yeah, they went to try to take the Holy Land back from Muslims. <clears throat> when was the first crusade? Yeah, there you go. The First Crusade ahem, ahem, began in 1096 and ended in 1099. Oh. There you go. 1100. Pope Urban II calls for the First Crusade at the Council of Claremont. Are you familiar with that council? Yes. Any other notable events happen at that council? Nope. They were just like, hey, we have this idea. Let's get all the noblemen together and let's go plunder the Holy Land. Let's go. <clears throat> Wait, but if that was the so first crusade, is so, are you saying, to... so, so if you're saying the, first, the crusades were largely justified to repel Muslim hordes, but the first crusade was to go to the Holy Land, then um, so, so what? The, the Muslims were invading the Holy Land. So by plunder, you mean go righteously fight and take back the Holy Land for God? Or is that where you're, what you're saying? I mean... I, I don't know all the motivations. Or were they going to plunder the Holy Land to take it back for the Christians because <laughs> the Holy Land is full of... Well, Charles Johnson in the chat is actually completely correct, right? So, the, so, I mean, this had been coming for a long time and Muslim aggression had continued throughout the region and somebody needed to do something to stop it because otherwise, you know, Europe would be toast. Oh, <clears throat> someone, someone says in chat... Um, <laughs> They need another Crusades in Europe now. Yeah, well, not sure how you do that. They're integrated into society. But, yeah, Europe is getting crazy. Like, my oh, wife, yeah. like, is in Europe right now. She's in England, and I'm like, yeah, there's just some, you know, you're with your, she's with her cousin, so he knows the no-go zone, so he'll keep her safe, but, yeah. Yeah, it's like, you know, the the army and, like, the UN is going to be, um, the invaders it's like kind of how our police force in america is soon to be like foreigners like 
non-citizens are going to make up our police force. It's already happening. So that's not good. Yeah. Are that, Chris? No, I don't know anything about that. Oh, yeah. So like in um, Illinois, the governor signed a bill, and, and I think other places are adopting it too, that uh, these migrants, because they're so good and peaceful, um, they, they're allowed to be um, police officers. So not citizens, no, no allegiance to this country. Um, they just show up. They can go straight to cop school and be police officers. So they will um, enforce the laws, whatever they may be, or the will of the politicians up on the actual citizens. I mean, so sounds legit. Sounds like I'm we just, need to be I'm looking just, at other places to live. <laughs> I'm just okay with everything at this point. I'm like, all right, whatever. To hasten the end of days. I don't know about that. Just, you know, Oh, okay. What's up, Frank? Got to unmute Frank. If you can, if you're just listen. Hear you. <laughs> What's up? How old are you? Oh, we're pretty good. Are you a Christian? Last time we checked. Are you a Muslim? Yeah. Okay. What do you think about the Crusades? Lucky guess, Chris. <laughs> what? What do you think about the Crusades? Pro-Crusade or anti-Crusade? Oh, it's fine. Uh, what's on your mind? Do you have a question about anything? Or I, I know we talked the other day. I, I think, uh, yeah, I seem like a pretty pleasant enough guy, Chris. Ahem. But uh, yeah, what's uh, on your mind? If you have any questions. Yeah. Give me like heart palpitations every time. Someone's like, I'm not a Christian. I have a question. It's like, what's he going to say? What's he going to say? Chris gives me night terrors. Uh, yeah, Frank. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, Mr. Nit, why are you a Christian? It's why are you a Christian? Can I tell him? Sure. I, I'm a Christian because everything that Christ did and commanded is good. Still to this day. So everything that my God and Christ commands us to do is for the good of us all. And it's logical. Everything makes sense about our God and what he, he wants us to do. Does that make sense? Like, can you name one thing that Christ did or commanded that's not good? Uh, no, I don't mean. Yeah, so our our God is good, he's righteous, and that's why Christians love him and stand on the truth and follow him. Still to this day, 2,024 years later, everything that Christ did and commanded is still good. Any other questions? No. Oh. This is the last question. And can anyone answer my question? 
Uh, what, the one you just asked? Should I tell it again? Um, yeah, you said, why are we Christians? And Saint answered you. Uh, yeah, I have asked you, Mr. Nate. And I think Mr. Saint didn't, couldn't answer. And uh, Mr. Nate, uh, why are you a Christian? I don't mean that. Why do you believe in Jesus or what did uh, Jesus Christ do or something else? The main idea, the main reason, the root of reason which made you an uh, and a Christian, what is that? Oh, well, because it's true. Because I believe that, you know, everything in the Bible and Christ did is true. So the reason I want to be a Christian is I recognize what Jesus says as true, and I don't want to be false. So if I recognize what Jesus does and is and says as true and correct, then I want to be on that side. So uh, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, um, and he will give eternal life to anyone who asks it. I recognize that is true, and because I don't want to be wrong, I am a Christian. Okay, where are you from, Mr. Nate? Uh, the United States. You're from United States. If you were born in uh, Saudi Arabia, what would your religion be? Uh, well, I'd like to say Christian because God always knew that I was going to end up in the state I'm in. Um, so, some people may feel it's easier to uh, you know, be the religion of their homeland or their culture or their family. But that's certainly not the case. I mean, look at, you know, I, I mean, most atheists, like th there's not really a whole lot of places where the majority is atheist. I mean, maybe some places in like Europe, but by and large, uh, most of the atheists come from religious cultures. So if Islam or Christianity or uh, Judaism is predominant where they're born and grow up, um, how do they end up being atheists or vice versa? Like how does someone in a predominantly Muslim country end up becoming Christian? And that's on like pain of death, like you get murdered if you switch. Um, but they feel like it's worth making the uh, taking the sacrifice. Um, and you know, to be fair, there's also you know some Christians, I guess somewhere, who have converted to Islam um, if they were brought up in a Christian country. So while you say may have a higher propensity um, to get people to be the religion of their homeland or culture or whatever, it's not a guarantee, and we see that being played out all the time. Okay, but uh, the main reason and uh, the root of reason which you're a Christian is that you're born in a, in a Christian's family, in a Christian's country. Your father and your mother were Christian, or your country, your government uh, was a Christian government. And I born in Islam, and uh, Islamic country, in Islamic country, therefore I'm Muslim. You born in a Christian family, you're a Christian, a Judaist, a Jew born in a Judaism a family or, or a government, he's a Jew, or a Hindu born in a uh, Indian, he's a Hindu, or a Buddhist born in a China, he's a Buddhist, or every, it is geography. Why geography and our family elect our religion? And how do you know, Mr. Nate, how do you know that you're born in a true uh, religion or in a true family? Yeah. Well, well, hang on. Since, well, since he asked me, uh, whoever else can go next. But well, because it's irrelevant. Like Christianity is is the least religion you can make that case against, because Christianity teaches you know 
basically let people do what they want. So, you know, force and compelling people is not okay in Christianity. So we're supposed to tell people the beliefs of Christianity, but not force them. Because if you force them, it's not real anyways. It's fake. And we don't want that. So Christianity is the least case you can make against that because, yes, uh, my family is is Christian. Not all of them, but, uh, you know, my parents are Christian. And uh, so I, I, w- I grew up in a Christian house and things like that. But there was a point, uh, a point where I had to decide for myself, do I want to believe this? Do I want to be a Christian? Because it would have been very easy for me to just say, hey, I don't want to be a Christian. I think you're wrong. I'm going to be something else or nothing at all. I could have done that, and you know, my parents wouldn't have been thrilled, but they wouldn't have tried to force me or murder me or anything like that. Um, you know, they regretfully would have said something. I imagine like, "Hey, well, we still love you, and you know, we pray for you, and we hope you change your mind." But it's your life; do what you want. Um, it's between you and God. Um, that's how that would go uh, more times than not in a in a Christian family or a Christian household or culture. Um, if you talk about other religions, though, um, <laughs> well, uh, you know, there's one that speaks louder than all others, that if you're born or, you know, believe a certain way and you forsake that way and try to convert because you think there is a way that is better and true, you will be murdered for that. Um, And that is a great mechanism by force to keep people in that religion. Um, So I I would say, um, you know, it's kind of like the, when you have one thing, when you point at someone, you have three fingers pointing back. Um, but yeah, we wouldn't know unless we were actually in that scenario. If you were born in a Christian country or I was born in an Islamic country, how that would go. But um, yeah. Nate, I would uh, say that uh, if you were born in another country, you would have still been saved because uh, you're the elect of God. Whether you believe that uh, your election occurred before faith or after faith, you're elect of God. That'll never change. And if you were born somewhere else, you know, you would have uh, become a Christian. And the nation that uh, Frank lives in, you know, would be full of a, a lot more Christians if that, something like that happened. Well, that is, I mean, that is sort of what I believe is would happen. But, um, yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, put me in that situation and let's let's verify it. Let's see. Um, and, of course, we, we can't do that. Uh, CEO. Yeah, Frank, I mean, I, I, we, we I must admit the- do you believe that are here? Um, Frank, and I think this will address your point to some degree. So in Iraq, Iran, and Afghanistan, the populations are 99% Muslim, right? In Germany, it's 63% Christian. In the U.S., 76%. In other European countries that are, quote-unquote, Christian heritage, not at the 99%. So the level of intensity of being kind of forced into the religion isn't at the same degree. And I think that's one of the things Nate was trying to tell you. Number two, I became a Christian as an adult, right? And I think what we also can acknowledge is that while your childhood experiences influence you during childhood, when we are adults, we have the ability to question our beliefs and shift to something else. And it, it kind of feels like you're not addressing that aspect at all as he leaves. Anyone else? I have set up, I had two churches in Pakistan. 
and the churches that I've planted, can you explain to me why their buildings are raised, why 150 children are sitting on a concrete slab with nothing but a carpet? Also planted a Bible college there. So it's it, it definitely, there's a difference between you forcing and terrorizing people than just to simply give someone the gospel. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. Period. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. I just don't get, that's not force. That's a choice. Force is threatening to chop off people's heads. Force is uh, threatening, scaring children, little children. I take real issue with that as a man who has started churches in Pakistan. Uh, well, Frank left us. Thanks, Sean. And yeah, I agree. See you. Did you swipe left? I swiped right, I guess. Maybe it was left. Oh, uh, right. Didn't do anything. I, I, don't, I don't know. Anyway, welcome back. Chris, anything else? Have we solved the world? Saint, CEO, brother. You know, I was thinking about the, the conversation you had at the end of your room yesterday about the atheists, you know, they're asking about, uh, you know, God confusing the tongues and then if God is not the author of confusion, you know, I thought that uh, said, it reminded me of what Al said when he came back. He said, uh, you know, Calvinists are our brothers and, you know, we need everybody. And so I thought, you know, the answer I gave was a pretty good answer for people, you know, who uh, will just go ahead and, and accept verses which say, you know, things like God will send strong delusion to people who believe a lie. You know, we have to say something about that, you know, and if uh, Armenian or provisionists don't want to say something about it, they can pass the ball to the Calvinists to say something about it. So, so like a team sport, is that, is that what you're kind of talking about? Yeah, it's kind of, you know, we all help each other. And, uh, you know, sometimes atheists like that, that were asking the question, you know, uh, God confused their language, but he's not the author of confusion. <laughs> well, that's not the best way to have a long, healthy discussion on stage. I was just saying that we can help each other in uh, ways like that because, you know, an unbeliever, you might be able to give them an answer from your point of view, and it may not help them, but they may need, need to hear the Calvinist point of view in order to get saved because that's like the hump that they need to get over. Yeah, and, and I mean, especially yesterday, like, 
I like the Bible because you just have to read it. I, I, I mean, you know, it's like the Bible's great because uh, all you got to do is read it. But the Bible's bad because all you got to do is read it. So whenever it's like, look, just read the thing. Like, yes, if you act, if you just want to like firebomb questions and be like, oh, see, blah, 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 blah. But if you really want an answer, just read the thing. Yes, it may take 30 minutes of your life to read a certain chapter of a Bible or and really think about it uh, or read it twice. But the answers are almost always very, very close to the scripture. Like it, it's rare or unless you're like in really deep, deep territory that you need to like, you know, use an interlinear Bible or understand the, the root word or something like that. Um, so I, most of the times, if you just read the thing, you get your answers right there without having to go to any other resources. Um, and like, you know, we were talking about the Bible um, yeah, yesterday and how it's, it's like, look, by the time all this is done, you know, you want to trust but verify. But by the time you're done reading the Bible, or even if it is a really difficult thing, right, like the two, the two tiers um, or two tires or whatever, uh, that, I mean, took, took quite a bit of extra biblical stuff because you, you, you know, you had to go look at anthropology or you had to go look at like other resources or, you know, use Google Maps or, you know, you had to do a little research to find that they're in two different geographical locations. Uh, so one tire is not the same as the other tire. Um, so, I mean, but that's like a rare case where you need to do something like that. But by the time it's all said and done, turns out you, you would have been better off and saved time if you just would have believed the Bible and just took it for its word because it was right. So all you've done is, you know, verification is good. But I mean, after you verify something enough times, like you should begin to start trusting the thing. Um, so, you know, it's like, well, you know, everyone starts out with trust until they show me I can't trust them. Well, you know, you, your trust in the Bible, the more and more times you're like, oh, it's wrong. It's wrong. Oh, no, it's right. Oh, it's wrong. It's wrong. No, it's right. Oh, here's a contradiction. Oh, it's not like your trust should build in the Bible. The more times you, you research some sort of supposed problem and then you find out that there is no problem at all. Um, but people that don't do that, it makes me think that they're, they're not always like, a, maybe they're deceiving themselves. That, that they really have a, a bone to grind with a God they believe in, even though they espouse they don't, because their actions and words betray them. Um, anyway, that's that's my thought. So it's like, well, look, all, all you've done is make us like, you know, go to the context of a few different passages in the Bible, and lo and behold, um, it turns out it was right the first time. So just repent and believe. It's very easy. Uh, meanwhile, Todd is ready to start up his militia. Todd, you got your militia starting up? I'm just reading your... Uh, reading your chat god and guns praise the lord and pass the ammunition yep it's gonna be mg rosalie and me let's go doing Wait, i want to be part i want to be part of this the gun club jesus gun club yeah apparently london's been taken over so i said well, just come to america ain't nobody taking over here and we need more uh, real women like you, anyway. Unless it's Dearborn, Michigan. <laughs> yeah. No. I did see that that uh, church in Ohio um, did their whole Super Bowl extravaganza, though, Todd. I thought about you. Oh, did you uh -oh. see the one? What they oh. do? It's Are you talking about the one who cross? kicked the Bible? Yeah. Cross something? Cross Life Church? Or Crossway some... or? Cross yeah, the one Church. Where... Basically, the female pastor uh, drop kicks a Bible like out of the auditorium. I have no idea. <laughs> have you seen that? I, have, yeah. It's the craziest thing. Like, I have no idea like what possible message 
they could have been trying to share. But it was like this this woman pastor, um, just they set it up on like a football team. Like the, the male pastor, I guess, holds the Bible like a football, like field gold. And the female pastor just runs across the straight stage, drop kicks this Bible just straight out the auditorium. Wow. Because Jesus, I, I, that I have was no the kickoff. idea. They did a whole Super Bowl theme thing, so that was the kickoff. And then they had the Super Bowl of preaching where three uh, Nimrods or two Nimrods get up and they both give their sermon. And they did it like some kind of weird like game show thing where they had to insert like a phrase that the other chose into their sermon. Like it was just a whole bunch of nonsense. And I was reading on Twitter, there was a lady, there's a lady on Twitter, like that I normally read. She's like one of these like reformed housewife ladies. And, um, and, uh, she was like, yeah, I used to be on the worship team at that church. (laughs) And I spent nine years there was living with my boyfriend had no idea about the gospel and never heard the gospel in nine years at that church. Did they is that unbelievable? That is that is very bad. No, I mean she she ended up getting saved and you know all this stuff, but like yeah, I mean she was like yeah, like I was on the worship team at that church. I wasn't a Christian. I had no idea anything about Christianity. Um, you know, I had no idea that living with my boyfriend was bad. Like nobody said anything to me, um, you know, like all this stuff. And she's like, and I, and I never, ever heard the gospel in nine years being on the worship team. Jeez. Yeah. There's a lot of even jellyfish churches like that. I just want to know how that lady didn't break her foot. Drop kicking it, was, Bible. it was only a Bible case. There was no Bible in it. Oh, okay. So that's they how they did it. The- they just wanted to give the opinion of blasphemy um, and not actually fully go through with it. I suppose. It, I, That's I, their I excuse. Don't... They were like, it was just a Bible case. But what is the message? Like, hey, we want to, you want to, we we want to do stuff to encourage people to follow Jesus. So we're going to kick the word of God out of the church, like no, out no. of the church into the world, or Nate, kick it Nate. into their hearts. They don't want anybody to actually follow Jesus. They want to pump those attendance numbers. Because they all get paid celebrity salaries, it's a it's a grift, man. It's not a church. No, no, but I'm trying to say, like, you know, they, they're still got to be a, like, like Joel Osteen will have a, a very Jesusy sounding message, right? So, like, like you, you know, like a pitch, right? Like a pitch to the world. So I'm I'm trying to like think, like, how do you? Oh, okay. So, uh, translate me. So wh- what I'm trying to say is, even if you don't consider them, you know, a real church or something like that. Um, even if they were if they were doing like abject evil in that church, and they're like, yes, our goal is to lead people away from Jesus. That's not what they would say to the public. They would say they would dress it up and make it sound very Jesusy. They'd be like, we want people to you know have life in Christ, and we want to show them the way of the Lord. Like like they would they would say it in a very Jesus way, even if they didn't actually believe it or do it. Um, that, that's what I was getting at. So it's like, what would be the Jesus? Like, how do you even dress up? a Jesus way of kicking a Bible in the church. That, that's where I was going with that. Uh, Rosalie, did you come to interpret me? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you're loud and clear. Um, hi, everybody. So, yeah, no, I, I was on TikTok today and I saw a, the Gen Z Bible. Have you guys heard of this? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so 
can I can I read like a part and have your your guys thought on like, I would love to. where is this going? <laughs> it's like it's it's funny in a way, but in another way, it's also very concerning, and I I really don't know how to feel about it. Yeah, can but, you read Romans okay, okay, uh, so. Romans one? Romans one. So so this I have one because I don't have the whole Bible. There are parts of it online. I think it, there's only a hard copy. I couldn't find it in whole, um, and I don't think they have translated the whole Bible. They just have translated stories like summarized and then and then made gen z stories out of it <laughs> but it does maybe this is what we needed for the rapture to take place before the end of the translation <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy okay okay get ready oh mg saw a clip of it oh of a girl yeah i saw multiple clips i'm gonna read one that a pastor read um i i don't think he was actually teaching from it but he read it because i thought i think he found it funny too so i'm gonna read that part it's the uh, annunciation from luke one i think so mary was a pick me girl for god and was simping for him in prayer when the angel gabriel appeared to her and said Ayo, you're a real one, and the top G is feeling you. <laughs> but she thought his compliment was sus and gave him the side eye. So he said, baby girl, chill. God sent me to tell you you've passed his vibe check. <laughs> and Loki, I can't with this, sorry. And Loki, he wants you to have the main character. So the main character <clears throat> being Jesus. You'd name him Jesus, and they will say, He's him. <laughs> the one the one prophesied in the divine dead lore who solos all and whose crushing it never ends. He will take the W from all his ops and his kingdom will go hard forever. She said, how can this be? Since I promised him my body count will always be zero, respectfully. He said, this ain't about cuffing season for the Holy Spirit will live rent free in you. And your boy Jesus will be divine, bro. <laughs> Besides, your cousin Elizabeth is with with child, <laughs> child, not child. She who is already older than a boomer and whose husband is way past beekeeping age. <laughs> so Mary said, "Bet." And Gabriel Gab, Gabriel left her on red, and she let the Holy Spirit cook. That wow. I mean, oh. we've gone through Klingon Bible, we've gone through the Pirate Bible, we've gone through multiple Pigeon Bibles. This is hands down the worst I've ever heard. Absolutely the worst. No cap. I the worst. can't. What was that? Uh, that, that, that is that, so that sounded, bad. That was bad. She that was the Gen Z. That's how Gen Z talks. Kind of so, wait, I just want to get this straight. It says that Mary let the Holy Spirit cook. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's actually a meth reference. It's great. Wow. Um, Bubby, oh my gosh. Oh, Bubby. Bubby, Bubby like, yeah, that's the, the Bible I Bible like, that's the Bible I already used. <laughs> but Bubby's like, yeah, I gave up on my LSB. I'm, I'm rocking the Gen Z Bible now. Bubby, have you heard of the Gen Z Bible, and would you like a copy? What's up? The Gen Z Bible. I already bought a copy. I have it physically. No, you do not. Unironically, yes. <laughs> like, the moment that I saw it on TikTok, I had to get it, because I love <laughs> it. I had to get it. You actually hey, have Bobby. it. 
<laughs> bro, it was only like 25 bucks. So like, yeah, dude. Hello? I should have paid you to take it. But guys, is this is this coming close to blasphemy or no? I, I have mixed feelings. I, I, I don't know if you I, I don't know if you're saying like coming close. That's an understatement, right? This is just full on blasphemy, right? But it's funny. It's funny. Okay. So, so yeah, but if it's blasphemy, it's not funny. But I don't know if they like did they did they do this to like blaspheme? Like who are the people who no, uh, this so, out? so it's it's not it's not like bla so here it is. It is blasphemy, but like. It's kind of like how there's, like, first order heresy and, like, third order heresy. And where, like, yeah, you can get that wrong and technically be in heresy, but it's not damnable, right? In the same way where you can, like, you can blaspheme, but, like, if it ain't that bad, like, it's not that bad. Like, it's, it's like, th there's levels to blaspheming the same way that there's levels to heresy, in my point of view. Well, I, I also, okay, so being as charitable as I can, Michael, I'm meaning to borrow your hat, um... I mean, if I was trying to be as charitable as I can, I mean, if you take a, a Gen Z person who this is actually, I never want to meet them in real life. Like, I'll hear people use, like, several words in, in, in the course of a conversation, but not, like, every other word is, like, reinvented. But if you find such a person, I mean, there's a chance, I'm just going to say in this world, if you gave them a Bible and said, hey, this is the Bible, they would read it with no problem and 100% understand what it's talking about. Um, but I would be like, yeah if you want to know what that really says you're going to need to go to the original language because you have no idea so there there I, I would contend that there would have to be some person in this world you could give that to where it would not be blasphemy because it's actually communicating on a level they most closely understand um but man that's really hard to get there so i i don't know if i would point no. the blasphemy finger um but if i mean if people if people were you know like the translators that could be different right because if the people who did this were like, ha ha, let's, let's do this. This is going to be so funny. Ha ha. Um, then, I mean, they could have done it from a blasphemous place. But, you know, because also, like, cover your ears, Bubby. Gen Zers are, we, we kind of don't look at them as super intellectuals. <laughs> so, I mean, they may never understand that even if this was done as a prank or a joke or to mock them, they may just think someone was trying to help them better understand their language. Like, you know, can you imagine, like, if King James uh, people were like, Oh, if they saw the ESV, they'd be like, "That's blasphemy." It's like, no, like that's like one of the greatest translations. Like it's so, it's it, you know, it's it's most accurate. Yeah, with, with, with the exception of Chris, I take offense to the intellectual statement because aren't we the same generation that has to fix all of your guys's technology stuff when you have the slightest issue with it? <laughs> um, so I was I'll listening just... to a Dutch Reformed preacher here in the Netherlands. And uh, there is a school who wants to take the, uh, I guess, the Dutch version of the King James. They want to replace it with a, a slightly more understandable version, a translation, like slightly. It's, it's still based on the King James. And this preacher was just like, he was so angry, preaching so angry, like this is a Bible. This is a terrible Bible with which nobody can be saved and like completely just like, bashing Holy that base. translation that can never save anybody and then and now i'm seeing this gen z i'm thinking is this like something that like a hundred years from now if we say something about this translation we're gonna be seen as how i now see this person <laughs> <laughs> no it's it, it, it's nuts but like the one the one thing in all seriousness at least on the translation is that uh i think that if you're going into it reading it actually knowing that it's satire and not meant to be taken seriously 
and you're just reading it for like the memes or for the jokes of it, I don't think there's a problem there because you're understanding that like what's in there is not meant to be taken seriously, right? It's just uh, it's just lighthearted jokes, if anything. This isn't some random anti-theist that's coming out trying to just make fun of everything that they can 24-7. It's just somebody, it's, if anything, it's more of a, it's more of a joke on Gen Z than the Bible, if anything, because they're just trying to show how stupid we sound explaining some things to each other sometimes. But I think that as long as you're going into it, knowing that you're not actually getting any spiritual food out of it, you're just looking at a bastardized version of the menu. I mean, I, I think that's a, I think that's a way that you can look at it without necessarily trying to compromise yourself. But again, if it causes you to stumble, don't do it. If it doesn't do it or don't, you know, if you want, but again, that's, a, that's just the baseline that you need. It says the author is Brosep Smith. <laughs> I think it's just Brosep Smith. Hell yeah, Brosep Smith. Yeah, that sounds like something like Harry Potter. Yeah, Brosep Smith. So, Bubby Rosalie didn't think the entire Bible was translated in that. Was it just the New Testament, or is the entire? Do you have the entire it's Bible the, translated? It's not the entire Bible that's translated. It's mostly a couple, most New Testament books and maybe parts of Genesis. I'm pretty sure. Goodness. <laughs> um, well, thanks for sharing. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean the the way, but the way that they translate some of the things out, ironically enough, and some of the passages and some of the situations translated to Gen Z language, it actually kind of does make sense. So, like for example, when they have one of the translations where they try to describe the situation of the paralytic and try to describe like Mark two happening, right? One of their descriptions was just like, and then the Pharisees were just standing there looking at him like, bro, you're not him. Why do you think you're, well, why are you doing that? You're not him. And then you're not Jesus him. Goes, He's him. And then Jesus goes, I am him. <laughs> and then from there on, pe people don't understand the sentence I am in like a normal sentence in my generation. But like, if I were to use it in the sense of like, I'm him, then they understand what I am means. You're trying to say like, oh, you're him. That, 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 oh my like, gosh. Okay, yeah, the, ne the next time we the next time we get like Muslims in here, let's use that version. It's like, where does it say I'm him? Like, I'm him right here. It says it. I'm him. Yeah, he so said, he, and, and and Jesus said to his bros, "I'm him." Like, it says it right there in the text explicitly. I don't know where. I don't know how much else you need. It. Nah, man, we can't. We we can't be the ones starting referencing this Bible using this stuff. Nah, uh, 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 speak for yourself. Stuff. You can't be the one referencing it. I absolutely will. Yeah, <laughs> you're young. Uh, Michael, welcome. Oh, sweet meteor of death! Why do you tease us so? Oh, Come I have a friend. And it all. I have a friend who is always posting about the sweet meteor of death for uh, the 2016 election, and I think the 2021. And coincidentally, he also hates Trump. Wow, there is definitely a personality type attracted oh, oh, oh. to sweet meteor of death, and does not like Trump. Wonder what also, the real quick, is. if anybody here lives in the city of Kansas City, I wish and pray for your downfall. Uh, and and the next five generations of all your the lineage. Chiefs are in Missouri, Bobby. I don't care if you're in Kansas City. If you're in Kansas City, I pray for the downfall of you, your child, their child, their child's child, and everything else that comes afterwards. The Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes deserve nothing but eternal righteous judgment and condemnation from the Lord Himself. 
Okay. Now, why would you wish all this on Kansas City, Kansas, who is not Kansas City, Missouri, where the Chiefs are from? I said if you're if you're from the city, Kansas City. I never said the state, Kansas. I don't know where you there's, got that from. That maybe that was Chris earlier, but that was not because, me. Because no, because there's Kansas City, Kansas, where the Chiefs are not from, and there's Kansas City, Missouri, where the Chiefs are from. There's two there's Kansas Kansas City. It's like the two tires. You have to break it. Nate, you have it's to break it down to him and Jen. So, so are, 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 are you going to tell me? I'm just like, oh, man, I can't wait to go to Hollywood and see some movies. And you're just like, well, actually, are you talking about Hollywood, California? Yeah. Or are you talking about Hollywood, Florida? Because there's two Hollywoods. Sure. Nate, you make my blood boil sometimes. I hope you know that. I was doing it for that exact reason. I was just playing. I'm just playing, bro. You, you know, listen, football has been a very bad year for me. All right. And the Chiefs winning just kind of solidified it already cooped with the fact that I don't like Taylor Swift. So now I have to listen to all her all of her like 13 year old terminally online fans start talking to me about how Taylor Swift won a Super Bowl. Uh, so this, this is horrible. This is this is terrible. I hate football. Well, I'm, I'm stop not bowing to stop bowing to idolatry of football and just uh, worship Jesus and then you don't got to worry about it. Make some money on fantasy, and then you can put in the tithing bit. All right, I do it for religious purposes. <laughs> uh, I, well, I, Michael, I, I think uh, that if you started a church fantasy sports league, and the winner got all their money and they, they donated it back into the tithing pot, I think you can make a religious exception for gambling. Well, Michael, it's you like, probably yeah, care like, about yeah, us. Uh, Michael probably nope. cares about American football as much as I do. So, uh, Michael, what's up? <laughs> well, I, I somewhat agree. Well, so there's interesting. There's been a few things that Bobby said that I agree with. Um, as someone who has cheered for the 49ers since Joe Montana won three uh, Super Bowl MVPs, I was sad when they didn't win. It looked like they were going to. It was an incredibly defensive game. I heard people talking about how bad the game was. Um, I thought the game was really good. I mean, it was... Uh, incredibly defensive, which is a change for the Super Bowl. Um, but more important than that is what Bubby said about, you know, the Bible, you know, the Bible. And I know I'm saying this, of course, tongue in cheek, because I know what he was referring to. But the way he looks at this Gen Z Bible is the way I look at all Bibles. They're not something to be taken seriously. Um, and it's, yeah, I mean, of course, I, I, I say that tongue in cheek, of course, but it's, it is, it is interesting. I, as someone who deals with a lot of um, young people, um, I weep for the future. I think we're doomed. Um, and not for the same reasons you guys do, but because Gen, a lot of people from Gen Z, and there, of course there are some exceptions. Of course there are exceptions. But it seems that the Gen, Gen Z can do almost everything except work a day. Um, and it's, it, it's, it's interesting, Right. I also, I would also rank myself among those who don't require technical support from someone 17 years old. Um, but that's because I use Apple products and they don't break down. Uh, Beautiful. And, and it's, uh, yeah, so I don't know. Maybe I've said enough to start a few fires. Morning, everybody. Oh, good morning. I don't even know where to begin. Uh, yeah, it turns out you actually like football more than I do. So, um, yeah, I've, I've, I've become very distant. I become very disinterested over the years. That backfired on you, didn't it, Nate? Uh, yeah. yeah. Who's this? Who is this Joe Montana of which you speak, Michael? I don't Joe think Bubby knows who that is. Not, Chris, be so serious. Please tell me that you're being sarcastic. 
Of course he is. He doesn't have dementia yet. Gee whiz, I'm not that old. Come on. Oh, man. Oh, You're not Bobby, here's... Dan Marino, Joe Montana. It was that <clears> whole thing. Here's some more fuel for your fire, Bob. Uh, did you see the video clip going around of uh, I don't remember I, I don't remember what quarter it was, but there was there was a part in the Chiefs that everyone's freaking out about it. And it was on the it, I mean it wouldn't have mattered anyway, probably. <laughs> but it was right when um I think Mahomes ran I think it was Mahomes he ran and got a first down. And it shows first down. There's one more play that was that was wildly incomplete. It was second down. The the counter even showed second down. And then it put up the little like um in place of the down counter, it put up a little Super Bowl logo or icon. And then it, when it flipped back, it said first down again. It was first and 10 again. So everyone's like freaking out. They're like, what? It's rigged. It's rigged. It's rigged. Everyone's like going crazy. Have you heard about that? I, I just saw it. It was like a cookie. Yeah, I, heard about, I, I, I heard about it. I didn't pay too much attention to it, though, because I, I, I was I, I'm literally on like a, a mental football strike because of all the disappointment that I've been hit with this year. FSU getting snubbed out of the college football playoffs. Alabama, for some reason, still existing as a team. The only the only like solace I have is that Nick Saban finally retired and that he's not immortal like the Queen is. Um, like that, that, that that's that's about it. And also, the King has cancer, so like Britain's about to lose like both of their like big head honchos in like the span of like four years. No, well, there shouldn't be any monarchies in the first place. Amen. Look, look, that, that's that's a proud American right there. That's a proud American. I'm I'm Canadian. Um, You're American now. No, I'm not. Never, never. There is not. And it's funny, Nate and I have no talked about this a lot. Yeah, there is. There is nothing. No, if anything, Nate, you're an honorary Canadian for coming on the podcast. Um, oh, thank you. So, in, you know, you. In, enjoy the hot and hot and cold running healthcare. Um, but <laughs> as long as I no, uh, don't die before I get on the list. No, yeah. you'll be fine. <clears throat> Waiting um, for that MRI for the next two years. Trudeau actually proved scientifically that doing blackface helps you survive in office a bit longer. So you know, uh, we, 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 we can keep trying it with Canada. Yeah, and and as as Nate would attest, I I have said many times, I am not a Trudeau fan. Um, <clears throat> I'm very liberal, but I'm not. I'm actually I'm more. Um, well, I'm not sure if you know what this is, but NDP. Uh, the new Democratic yeah, Party. NDP? Yeah, okay. yeah. Basically, if Bernie Sanders was Canadian, he'd be he'd run the. No, the I'm, so, I'm familiar. Yeah. Yeah. Are you a um, Bernie bro, Bub, Bubs? Are you a Bernie bro? I was. Hell yeah. But you're still. But you're not now because you recognize the error of your well, ways. Not, or well, I'm not a Bernie bro because he literally has no shot. And even if he does get in at this point, like he's he, he, his time's up. Like his, his last shot to get in realistically was in 16, and that was it. But um from from there like it just got annoying because a lot of the bernie the bernie bros became bernie or busters and that's where we had our big divide between the bernie bros and the bernie or busters because you had some that were just like oh well this dnc thing is rigged etc etc we're not you know what screw biden screw hillary etc y'all just cheated bernie out of the vote again so we're just not gonna vote for we're just not gonna vote for anybody that's not bernie the great schism of bernie yeah, but it, wow. no, it basically was the great schism of Bernie inside the DNC because you had a ton of people that were Bernie supporters that wouldn't vote for Biden or wouldn't vote for Hillary simply because of the DNC situation with Bernie. So then you had to fight with them about voting for the candidate that was for our party and be like, hey, we understand that your nominee lost, but like, dog, we got to get like back on this train because we know that you don't like this dude, but we can guarantee you don't like the other one a lot more knowing you as a Bernie dude. So then from there on, we had the giant schism happen. 
Think yeah, and it's won. and it's so Bobby. Oh no, Bernie. I I don't think Bernie. I don't think Bernie would have won. But what what Bobby said is is a thousand percent true. And we we saw it. We could see it clearly uh, from from uh, from our side of the border. Is there were all these people who who basically like it wasn't so much that it wasn't so much that Trump won in twenty sixteen. It's that Hillary lost in twenty sixteen. And I think the re- and even though she still won the popular vote, the reason she lost the electoral was because of because of so many Bernie or Busters. I think I think Bernie could still have done a good job. Um, I don't agree with all of his politics, but I agree with most of his politics. And um, but but I think that's what handed Trump the, uh, the the victory. And you could see that when he when he stammered onto the stage at like two thirty in the morning to give his victory speech, he had the he had a massive WTF look on his face because he did not expect to win. Uh, and neither did anybody else. And so it, it's, it, it is an interesting, uh, interesting thing. And I, but I don't think you're going to see that happen again. I agree also that, that his time uh, is past. I think that, um, I think that Biden should, for lack of a better term, abdicate. I think that Trump should not be in the running. And the same reason I don't think that Bernie should be in the running. I think there should be somebody like maybe sub 50, you know, put, so true. You know, give them the reins and, and let them and let that. And, and I'm speaking of someone who's who's yeah, like who's, who's over 50. Right. But still give, so, give someone the reins under 50 and let the them. See how old was Obama when he first started his first term? Oh, he was in his 40s. I'm pretty yeah, sure he was, he, in was his like, 40s. he was really young. And I mean, I know some of you would be like, it was amazing. But the rest of us would be like, see, there was a young guy and it was awful. Yeah, that guy sucked. Hey, so, uh, Michael, let me ask you a question. If you had to convert to either become American or Christian, (laughs) which would you do? Gay. Well, speaking of someone who was once Christian, I would say that. Like, there is like, like, let's say, Chris, let's say, Chris, you had the capacity to hand me a blank check. And say whatever it takes to get you to move to the U.S. and become an American citizen, there aren't enough zeros. Like th- there, oh. there aren't enough zeros. There is nothing. My wife had uh, was actually headhunted by a hospital in Florida to come down there and be the head of their foundation. It was an obscene amount of money. And we just both looked at each other and laughed. And like, no, like we're not going to the U.S. That's stupid. Like there's nothing, there's nothing that would get me to become an American citizen. Wow. Nothing. You're, you're not a democracy. A major, you're not a democracy. A major syrup shortage. Like all the syrup just disappeared out of Canada one day. Uh, I can import it, um, but no, like I mean, like uh, from I, the U.S. Yeah, maybe, but I, I could still sit. I could still stay on this side of the border. Like, <clears throat> and it's like I mean, you don't you don't even pretend to be a democracy. It's. We're not. I mean, you, democracy you're not. is brutish and stupid. You're a democratic republic, and and yeah. it's it, it's it is still like there's there's too much about the American legal system, political system, um, social foundations, and everything else like that that doesn't make any sense to me, and and I I would never be able to reconcile that at all ever. Full stop. Um, I was just looking through some of the numbers and I mean, you know, when people say, I I mean, of course we're adding more people all the time. So I'm trying to look through this quick, but 
I mean, even in the last, what, 20, 20 years, uh, 30 years, um, I don't know how much population has changed or registered voters or whatever, but I mean, you know, Clinton had like 47 million people vote for him. Um, and let's see, Bush, so 50 Bill? million. Yeah, 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 Bill. Oh, okay. Um, and, then, and then Bush, um, yeah, Bush is in the 50s. Um, even Obama was uh, 60, let's see, 69 the first time, 65 the second time. So the election right before that, um, then you've got, let's see, you've got Trump with uh, 62 for the first term, and it, it only has the winner. So, I mean, didn't they say, like, Trump got 80 million last time, and, you know, the it, Biden got 81, but Trump got, like, what, didn't they say 80 million? It was, like, the largest election ever, like, in totality. So when people act like, you know, Trump is some awful um, – you know, like everyone hates him and no one votes for him. I mean, he's he still got, um, if you just believe the numbers as written, the second highest votes in the history of our country for elections. And that was only surpassed by Biden, uh, if you believe the numbers. No, by it, like was, a, it was by surpassed like, by, by Hillary, like, too. By like, Hillary, uh, beat him in the, Hillary beat him in the popular vote. She just lost by electoral count. No, you're not. You're not listening, though. I'm talking about this most recent election. So yes, Hillary won the popular vote, and Trump also didn't get 80 million uh, votes in in the 2016 election. I'm saying this last in 2020. Uh, Biden, if you believe the numbers, had the highest election turnout uh, for him in the history of our country with like 81 point something million votes, and Trump would be the second highest popular vote ever because it's not 2016 with Hillary. Um, because he got 80 million, which is is even like 15 million more uh, than the Hillary and Clinton, uh, Hillary and Trump election. So I mean, 80 million votes. It's quite a bit of support. Just saying. Yeah, and you can you can highlight that as another reason why I wouldn't be an American. Because <laughs> there's still because there's still 80 million people who thought, yeah, he's the right guy. Who know. Hey, so what do you think is going to happen in the in the third district of New York with their uh, their congressional uh, by election? I think it's happening today or tomorrow, isn't it? To replace uh, uh, George Santos, you know the the uh, the Olympic astronaut. <laughs> yeah, you know, two, two, two wrongs don't make a right. But man, if he had a D next to his name. They not a word would have been uttered about this stuff. Are you kidding? Uh, Are you you can't be serious? Well, let you me just cite the evidence of the entire Democratic Party, who, including the leader of the free world, the president, who has been accused of crimes, and the only reason they're not prosecuting is because they don't think he's competent enough for a jury to convict him or him to stand trial, and that's the leader. Not talking about, you know, Schiff and Feng Feng and, uh, you know, Swalswell and all, all that other stuff. Like, yeah, there's guilty of sin as the day is long. No one does a thing about it. Anyways, um, I have no idea what's going to happen. I haven't been following that race. What do you think is going to so, happen? So, so you don't remember Al Franken, who the Democrats ousted from the Senate? Yeah, there's one. And that was what, like 12 years ago? Well, it doesn't matter. You, you, your, your statement was put a D in front of his name, and he wouldn't, he, he wouldn't have been ousted. And there's oh, okay, a direct, okay. and there's a direct example 
of, of someone who had a D in front of their name and who the Democrats ousted from the Senate for something you oh, okay. said, like, what, a decade before that time? Uh, yeah, which means his usefulness is probably up. But okay, let me rephrase. Let me rephrase because, you know, you, you did what I do to you a lot, which is if you find one example, it counts. Okay, I'll rephrase. Um, if he had a D next to his name, he would have a much higher percentage of nothing being done about it compared to having an R next to his name. Okay, there we go. Okay, now let's let's talk about the Republican special counsel that was that was uh, instated to investigate the document scandal around Joe Biden, who took That's the one like we just what, talked about. Yeah, like two ish. Like was it was it a year or two? A year, I think it was. Right, and came back with, like, yes, he's demented and senile, and you know should just be using a walker, but he didn't commit any crimes. That was a Republican that, that said that, right? It was a Republican that said he didn't commit any crimes. Wait. No. You're talking about the final report that I'm talking about, right? Like the special, special counsel says he absolutely did commit crimes, but they're declining to prosecute because he's mentally like, – like he doesn't have the capacity. He's forgetful. So they're not declining because there was no crimes. It's in the report. Yes, he committed crimes, but the reason they're not uh, they're not prosecuting is because they don't think a jury will convict him and they don't have a chance of winning because he's an old man with a bad memory. So they don't think he's competent to stand trial and will garner too much sympathy because he's he's senile. So absolutely they think crimes were committed. And that's why they're mad at him. That's why they're going after Merrick Garland for like not shutting them down because you they're trying to have it both ways and you can't. Either he committed crimes and he needs to be impeached, or he uh, he can't be charged. So how, you can't say he didn't commit crimes. They clearly found he did. So what's, that's like the only way they can save – that's like the best way they have of saving face is saying, well, we, we can't say he didn't commit crimes because very clearly he did. Um, but we, we can't do this other thing. The only way we can say um, he, he didn't – or he did commit crimes, but he's not going to be charged is to blame his memory, except that opened a whole other can of worms because that's what people have been complaining about for years. And now that's uh, like, honestly, what I think is happening is in a roundabout way, this is going to get them to replace him. Like a lot of people thought they were going to replace him at the DNC convention. I think this is going to probably get him removed sooner because they're going to say, okay, well, he's so or so forgetful. Like we have to use the 25th amendment. And that's either because they've asked Joe to like step down and he's like stubborn and refusing and this is their way of like soft to hard forcing the issue. Um, but yeah, that's what he's mad. He wanted them to say he's not guilty of crimes and he has a perfect memory. And they're like, no, I can't do that. No one's going to believe that. So there, we're not charging you because you have a bad memory. So I'm just looking up the, uh, the report released by, I can't read all, it's 345 pages. Um, so they're, they're, they're saying that, okay, Joe Biden carelessly handled uh, classified materials found in his home, the former office shared by the government secrets, uh, and his ghostwriter. But prosecutors decided that no chargeable crime was committed, according to lead special counsel in his 345-page report. That no chargeable crime was committed. Those are, that, those are the special counsel's words. Can you share that to me? Can you put that in chat? Um, I'll, email, I'll email you the link. Because I, I don't uh, use the, the chat, but I'll, I'll email you the link. Yeah, I wish you could do that in real time because I know somewhere in there because, like, I, you know, I didn't read it myself, but I see when, you know, like, 
news places flash the thing up and have it highlighted in yellow. But there's a reasoning to it. Um, and I'm sure that the reason um, is an old man with a bad memory. If you can find that section or if it's a PDF, like do a search for it real fast, just put in like old man, bad memory. And it's the context surrounding that, I believe, where you're going to find it. Yeah, so it says here, yeah, the other thing, it says Republican lawmakers and some pundits are calling for the use of the 25th Amendment to be invoked, uh, arguing that the move is necessary following the special counsel's report's description of John Biden's diminished, uh, Joe Biden's diminished faculties uh, and limited memory. Um, I don't know. You're probably going to look at this as just some kind of woke report. It's put up by WAPO. What, was that the actual report you're looking, or is that what they're saying about the report? Because it sounded like the 25th Amendment is an opinion piece, so is that different than what you're looking at? So the because 25th Amendment – yeah, so the 25th well, Amendment well, piece is an opinion piece from the Washington Post. But when you – but when I went to the – when I first went in, it, it went to the Washington Post, and then there's a link in there that links directly to the report. So that's what I'll, that's what I'll send you. So, but like, because to me, and again, like, for, like from the outside, like, again, even if, even with my biases accepted, right, um, Trump is a lunatic. Um, like, Biden is senile. Granted, Trump is a lunatic. Um, so when, so when it came to the the former Biden, the the former administration, like when he was was VP and senator and stuff like that, when it came to their attention, they sat down for interviews. They said, you know, here's the keys. Go look in every place. They found all the stuff. Uh, Biden said that some of the stuff he thinks was misplaced by or like uh, was retained by him uh, mistakenly. And he also said that some it looks like some of his staff may have retained some stuff, um, whatever. And they just like here, here, all of it is back. When you come when you compare and contrast that to statements that from Trump's former uh, staff that have now pled guilty to, yeah, Trump told us to hide the documents and to tell the DOJ and the FBI that here's it, here it is, this is all there is, there's nothing else. That's where the chargeable crime comes into effect. Okay. So, 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 so yes, Biden, Biden, ha Biden had stuff he shouldn't have had. Just well, like it's Trump. A and, the and difference here's the is, Biden said, here's the stuff back, and Trump said, yeah, you know what? There's no stuff. Don't look behind the curtain. There's nothing to see here. No. Okay, so the truth of the matter, and I really want you to send that link. I don't have time to get to it here, but what I found, it's a statement from Ben, uh, from Robert Hur. I almost said Ben Hur. From Robert Hur, the guy who did it. Um, he says, yes, uh, despite finding evidence that Biden willfully retained materials, that's the quote, that he's declined to prosecute. And then you find out the reason he declines to prosecute isn't because he didn't do a crime. He willfully retained them. Biden willfully retained, quote, materials, um, materials, quote. Um, and then you see the reason, and that's the reason, is not because he isn't culpable. It's because he doesn't think he can get a conviction because Biden is a poor man with uh, an old man with poor memory, and he thinks the jury is going to be sympathetic to that and not convict him. So it's their, their likelihood of getting a conviction. But when he says, uh, despite finding, uh, finding evidence that Biden willfully retained that's what you need, like not unwillfully, not like, you know, my staff did it and I was unaware, um, which, by the way, he still he still has a responsibility, but he willfully retained them. And that, that's wholly different. Like people try to make it apples and apples. And it's like apples and like the rottenest orange ever because Biden like had absolutely zero protection. 
vice presidents do not have the ability to keep classified information or declassify anything. So that is 100% wrong, no matter how you do it. Even if he was unaware and someone planted it on him. I mean, well, I mean, I guess if they planted it, whatever. But I mean, you know, if it was a staff or anyone like that, it was in his house. It was in his garage where he has his Corvette. You think he hadn't walked by and saw like all those boxes just like we did in the last several years? Like they were right behind where he parks his car. Most of them didn't even have lids on them uh, compared to Trump, who, uh, you know, even the what the the archive place say that they were in ongoing negotiations with Trump to get this back. And uh, then all of a sudden they're just like pulled the plug and they're like, no, uh, blah, blah, blah. And like started throwing a fit about it. He's like, why didn't you let us know? Why didn't you go through the lawyers and the channels we've been negotiating with, um, which is wholly unnecessary, I believe, um, you know, under the law, because he, he is the president. He has the ability to declassify whatever. And, you know, people will dispute the process or if there is one. But if you just read the letter, it says the president can do this. So when people try to add processes to it and say, well, it says you can do this, well, that, that'll have to be fought out in court. But, I mean, read it as it's written. So it says the president can do it. Like it doesn't describe a special process. And if he, there was one, it surely wouldn't be getting the permission of the freaking archives. Anyways, uh, but I, I would like to see if you can actually find the, the report itself. But go ahead and say something final, and then I'm going to have to run. Yeah, we just we just stand in complete disagreement on the, when it comes to this. I'm trying to uh, copy and paste the link right now. And Michael, you have uh, run off those, uh, that sweet young lady with all this politics talk. Rosalie. What sweet young lady? Chris is still here. <laughs> <laughs> no, Rosalie. Rosalie. She changed her PTR to a gun, though. <laughs> Nate, if, if you have an opportunity, I'd love to see the, the report that states that uh, that Biden willfully retained those documents. So if you have access to that, I'd like it. Oh, gosh. Um, the thing I just read before I closed it, it was a quote. Yeah, I, I don't have the actual report. I'm hoping Michael will send that. I mean, I guess I could probably just Google it myself by now. But, um, you know, it was a direct quote from Robert Hur, the, the guy that did it, uh, you know, like the special prosecutor or whatever. So that was a direct quote from him saying Biden willfully retained um, whatever it was I read. I already closed the window, but it was from ABC News and it was a quote out of there. But yeah, I, I, I will go look for the um, report because that matters for salvation in Jesus, I guess. But, you know, out of general curiosity. Uh, yeah, the, the Washington Post won't let it's by the 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 basically anything to cut and paste is behind a paywall. So. I can't, uh, I can't cut and paste it, sadly. All right. Well, I'm sure it's on like, you know, what, um, where, where I'm, sure it? it'll, yeah. I'm sure the, it'll be somewhere congressional, To get all the congressional stuff. Like uh, there's got to be like a government, know. a government site, like, you know, something.gov where you can like get all this stuff. Hey D, what's up? I'm about to run, but what do you want to say before I do? Oh, I wanted to say, did y'all also go over the, uh, Colorado case as well? Uh, the ballot? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I watch I, I watched some of the uh, deliberations on the Supreme Court when they were having their having their uh, audio arguments. They let people listen to them, and it sounded like the people wanting him removed were getting their butts handing to, handed to them, even yeah. by the most liberal of the justices. Right. So, um, <laughs> right. You know, I'm not gonna vote for Biden nor Trump, but I do find it very suspect to take 
somebody off the ballot when oh, I'm not even going to count Nikki Haley when there's only two people left. I feel like that is going that is a shot to the democracy, period. I, it is not a good look. It's not a good precedent. It's going to only I see it just going south from there if they allow that to happen, because it's now, you know, if he got convicted, I could see this being a way to remove him and that would be fine. But we're at the last hour and you only got two people. So if he's removed, then what? We got Biden. You know what I'm saying? And that will, that will be just not fair to democracy because now you don't have anybody else to put up there and be scrambling to find somebody. Oh, where are we going to find somebody? And I heard that Nikki Haley lost in Las Vegas to a write-in candidate called none of these. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what's interesting is I, I find myself I find myself somewhat uh, agreeing with D on this. I've I've changed I've changed my stance on this. At, at first, uh, at first I was thinking, yeah, you know, it should disqualify him. But I think what will actually be better if it goes down this way is let him be on all the ballots and let him lose that way. Um, exactly. Because it doesn't the matter. It's supposed to happen. Because it doesn't matter. Even if he loses, he'll, 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 he'll complain about it. The only way he will, because he said, and he said as much in 2016, he said, will you accept the outcome of the, of the election? And he said, if I win, yes. Well, now, surely you're equal opportunity, right? Because virtually every Democrat that's lost in the last decade is still not conceding, like Stacey Abrams. She still hasn't conceded for like two elections. Hillary Clinton is still uh, harping on, uh, you know, how she lost unfairly. So, I mean, and I- Is I mean, it a statute of limitations on that? Is there a statute of limitations on how often you can complain about that? <laughs> well, yeah, the statute of limitations should be none. So, you know, de deny the, deny, you know, say the election was stolen all you want, no matter if it was or wasn't, because that's your right to speak. And if people start like trying to say, oh, you can't say that, you can't say that. Like, who are we? And, you know, the bigger thing is, like, Michael, you almost said it, but you, you, kind, of, you kind of step back from it. Um, how you originally thought he shouldn't be on the ballot, um, but for what? For an insurrection? For something like that, you would need to be charged, at least be charged with an insurrection, or better yet, convicted. But the fact that, you know, if he really, just because Joy Reid, funny name for her to be called Joy, um, just because she screams and, you know, people scream insurrection does not make it so. So you would need people to actually charge or convict him. Um, I mean, even charge him with insurrection. But the fact that none of them can and none of them will um, doesn't seem like he doesn't seem like even the people who say he was responsible for an insurrection really believe that. Otherwise, someone um, would have at least charged him. Well, then maybe you know what to add to that. Clarity. You know what to add to that. No one who was convicted was even charged with insurrection. That's oh, the yeah, problem. the, the J6 like, people? Yeah, none of them have yeah. been charged with insurrection no, either. None of them have been wasn't. charged with insurrection. So that's also an issue. Um, well, then, maybe, were you there? Huh? Well, then maybe said, what we can do a, then no, is I'm we not, can I'm use his latest words against him. Confirm or deny. <laughs> <laughs> well, then what we could do then is we can just pull but up, we can pull up his issue... speech. We can pull up his speech from North Carolina well, yeah, over the weekend where he said, where he said, it wasn't and then you can find this online. There's tons of video for it. He said it was an insurrection caused by Nancy Pelosi. Trump's words. 
Well, then I disagree um, with him. Like, I, like, I'm not, like, we're equal opportunity, right? So if he says it was an insurrection caused by Pelosi, I mean, you know, just because I think he's the best one suited for being a president, and I like, I, I like him for that job, doesn't mean I agree with him on everything. So if he thinks it was an insurrection just not caused by his side, well, I'd be like, sorry, bro, I disagree with you. There was no insurrection. Yeah, like D says, even the people, uh, even the people, like, spending 25 years in prison, even the ones who they said are absolutely the rioters, blah, blah, blah. They're not charged with insurrection. Here's my other thing. Even if you confess to a crime, if you decide to go to trial, you're still innocent until proven guilty. So he could, we could have it on tape and everything. It still needs to go to the court process. Due process is given to everybody. So like, even if you lose your job, you still have to, before you lose your job, depending if you're in public office, there's due process. Even, you know, so with that being said, like, I am not a supporter of Trump, but due process has to be given. Um, you could like I could I could shoot somebody and it could be 40,000 witnesses. They could arrest me and they just can't throw me in jail and I'm convicted for 40 years. I still would have to go through the process. So that's why, for, you, you know. For clarity. Uh, in Colorado, Trump has been removed from the ballot of the primary. This is not the general election. There has been no like bids or or removals from the ballot for the general election. This is just primaries currently. Right, random. But if if Colorado removes him from the primary ballot, he misses the electoral votes, which means he set Colorado sets a precedent, which means the next state, California, is like, oh, look what Colorado did. We can do that, too, which means New Mexico. Oh, look what Colorado did. We can do that, too, which means all these other states can. It causes the domino effect. And now Colorado has decided the election. That's the problem. So if it was, you know, any they don't have any control over the federal ballot, but on the primary ballot, it's still a domino effect. And now this will be a precedent set for the next person. So all we got to do is find something that we can really, really stick on this person. That's our ops. And we can start doing this for everybody else because the Supreme Court ruled in this way. That's what I'm saying. Also, there was a process done in the court system in Colorado. There was a process. Not a criminal process. You, it's it's a criminal yeah, that offense. Is, that is not that is not right. necessary according to the writings of the law. Well, if that was that, if it was that easy, would not we would not be in the Supreme Court as we are now. But a criminal offense, insurrection, is a criminal act. It's not a civil act. It's a criminal act. So that goes through the criminal court. And Colorado does not have jurisdiction on what happens in Washington D.C. Amen. So, and again, I say all this only to say I'm not a Trump fan, but and I'm not going to vote for neither one of them because I think they're both are crazy old people who shouldn't be running for uh, president. But I just know that all of these things set precedent for somebody that you would like. If there's somebody that I like that is just, oh, my God, he's so great. And somebody on the opposite side doesn't like them. So they come up with a great reason to get him out of office. And then they start citing this Colorado case. We're in trouble for everybody, because if y'all keep looking at it, what they do to the Democrats is what they do to the Republicans and what they do to Republicans is what they do to the Democrats. That's why the Supreme Court can't play with them. They can't play with they can't get into this political nonsense. And it's political because this is four years. This happened in, in 2000. What? What was that? 2016? Was that 16? 2020. 
2021. This happened in 2021. And we're like four years down the line. Like we it's interesting. D, we D, should if have you could, take like, care of it. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree with a lot of what you're saying. So Nick, so um, D, if you could wave a magic wand, who would you want to see? Like, like, do you, do you, like, are you more conservative than liberal? I am. Um, or do you like, like GameStop being money, $18? It's like, the, it's like the more money I make, the more conservative I get. <laughs> but, okay. But I am just, I'm just for fairness. Like, Okay. So, want, okay. So I'm wave a magic this. wand. Okay. So wave a magic wand. Who do you want? Michael, to be? you're changing the subject. Who Who would you want to be the Republican nominee if you could wave a wand? And whoever you decided was the Republican nominee. If I I like um, so back in the day. Okay. So it's two people. I was actually for Chris Christie. You know. Yeah. I, I think like he Chris was. I think he was the least insane by far. Yes. I. <laughs> right. Maybe that's why. And then back in the day, um, there was this Ohio governor who ran for office, but he didn't win. But I liked him. It was a. It was like maybe when I don't remember when. Maybe it was like right after Obama. So maybe it was. You don't mean Dewine, do you? No, he was the he was the governor of Ohio. Um, he was trying to expand Medicaid. He was. I just thought he was really balanced. Well, I would have I to. I got, I got one more question for you, D, and then I really do have to run. I always say I have to run. It's like another hour. Um, D, okay, so if you could wave said magic wand, um, mm -hmm. instead of Biden being president, um, would you rather Trump have won and currently be the president you know, for the last three years? Would, would you have rather pick now and Biden, Biden's fine how it is, he's better than Trump, or heck no, I'd rather Trump be um, president right now? Honestly, I... I um, don't think any of them are effective. Um, Pick one. I, <laughs> I don't. I, I'm, I'm not the, the lesser of two evils. Hence, when I I'm not I'm only voting local, um, and I'm only going to vote uh, U.S. Senate and states and Congress, Congress states and all those things. Whatever is on the ballot, I'm not voting for president. I mean, I don't even feel like our vote counts. It's an electoral uh, college who decides to pick it in the back room. That you, you guys, I, I was listening to um, the radio. WSB is is our leaning more conservative radio. But I just uh, was informed that back in the 1970s, they prior to like the 1970s and before, they would pick the nomination. There was no primaries, yeah. so they would have they will have special units. Picking the nomination, I still believe that's what they Plus, do. I just, I just think that they did just give us these primaries for us to feel like we're participating. <laughs> I think so that's interesting. Dee, would you, would you say then that, like, would you? Uh, and again, imagine you have this wand, right? Would you do away with the electoral college and simply do it by pop popular vote? I definitely would do do away. Wonder what the last the president college. would have been then. Yeah, but and then but I understand that there's those you know flyover uh, states that you know. But I just feel like the uh, the the pendulum is gonna switch from left to right all the time. I just say let's just leave it at the uh, at the uh, populated you know use the population to do the vote instead of electoral college. I mean we should just do away with it if we really want democracy. D, I like you a whole lot more now. I agree. Ah, you, you didn't like me, Michael. <laughs> I'm just messing. With, I, I mean, a whole lot more. You just oh, okay. like no. It's it's. I I find that to be. I find that to be like so. For example, in 
um, in in Canada, basically, you don't. So, like in Canada, you don't vote for prime minister. There's a there's a head of the party, and whosoever party gets the most seats in parliament, their party forms the government, and their party head is becomes prime minister. So you don't actually vote, like unless you. So, like for example, unless you lived in Justin Trudeau's riding, which I believe is in Ottawa, um, unless you lived there, you can't even vote for Justin Trudeau. You vote for the you vote for the Liberal or NDP or or uh, PC Progressive Conservative um, in your riding, and whoever gets the most that forms the party. And so it so it is by popularity. Whoever gets the most seats wins. I think that's more democracy. Like I just think. You know, that's why we need to stop getting so caught up into these presidential elections. It just show it just shows you just it's just very divisive. Um, all the laws are made. They say they're made in the uh, Congress, but they literally are made um, in the court systems. So those who those are the people we need to vote for. We need to vote for the DAs. We need to vote for the judges because that is where the laws are being made. Um, they say it's not, but. That's the truth. And unless, you know, they are only appealed if it doesn't meet, you know, your state's constitution or the U.S. constitution. So it has to be dead wrong in order for you to even appeal it. Like they give judges so much leeway that it has to be completely like, why would the judge even think this is a possibility for it to be, um, for it to be overturned. So that's why you got to vote local. Make sure yep. you get the, the DA that's not doing the job. Get that DA out of there. Yeah. The one that's overcharging. The one that's not charging the right people. Get that DA out of there. And make sure that the judges are not beholden to the money on the campaign trail. That's so, really interesting. And something something else that was very interesting that you said is you know going through the process, going through the process. So, So since these charges have been levied, Right against all these all these people, right? Uh, Trump included, but many others, right? Do you think that they should go through the process and either be adjudicated guilty or not guilty, but that they should have to go through the process? Yes, because here's the here's the thing. Even the people who are taking the plea deals, I don't even trust that because it's like you can have these twenty five years. Um, or you can have two years and the long arm of the law with all the resources and finances won't be on your head. It's coercion. It's crazy. Like it's you versus the state, like the state and all its resources. And hopefully you have enough money to defend yourself. So I feel like it's all coercion. It shouldn't even be done like that. When they ask you, when you take this plea deal, do you, uh, did you feel like somebody intimidated you? You need to say yes. <laughs> I remember like I had a ticket that I felt like I shouldn't receive and the judge uh was like, you know, how do you feel about it? I said, Well, I asked for community service, but the prosecutor was like, She wasn't gonna do that. Like, I feel like I was coerced into saying guilty. And he was like, I'll give you community service. Like, if you don't know the law or the extent, it's you're just out there like fighting the United States government. So it's it's crazy. Like you know, I I don't I like if you are an honorable person, first of all, you shouldn't have allowed Trump to tell you what you were and would not do 
in the first place. Like if he says, hide these documents, we're not supposed to be giving them to the government. That's where you take your stand. You don't wait till they got 50 years on you to say, oh yeah, that's what he told me to do. And now I can take these two years. I don't trust, I don't trust you. You know, yeah. I just- Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, like, the, that's like the Nuremberg defense, right? I was only doing what I was right. told. Yeah. yeah, I don't trust you. So, you know, you don't have any integrity because you should have had integrity when he told you to hide these documents. You should have said, I'm not going to jail for you. Bye. You know, I have a family to take care of. I'm out. That's that's when it's I think you I I think you're I think you're reaching honorary Canadian status. Well, no, you know what's really you know what's really funny is that on like on paper, it is much more difficult. It, it, and it's funny because I mean I I'm in the privileged position of having been born here, right? So, um, but on paper. It is very difficult to get into Canada. Um, they've uh, they've just started restricting student visas as well, which is making which is really upsetting universities, especially where like where like where I'm an alumnus. But it's like it, it's really upsetting a lot of people. And um, I have a friend in Michigan, and we sat down and we were looking. He was on the .gov site, and I was on the .ca site, and we were looking through. The criteria to get into Canada is more stringent than it is to get into the U.S. I was completely unaware. I figured I'm like Canada take anybody. Not so much. It's actually a lot harder. I, I was surprised. So you know I'm from Detroit. So we used to go to Canada all the time. It was just like going across the street. You know, I don't um, know how easy it is to get over into Windsor, but we used to go there all the time, you know, hang out, you know. And I think they used to, especially in that Windsor, Detroit area, like, I think it was easy for you to work on that side. Like, I, I feel like a lot of people worked at the casino in Windsor, especially before they had casinos in Detroit, and then live in this in Detroit. Like, yeah, it's the same. It's the same in Buffalo as well. Uh, like, I'm closer to Buffalo, so I'm I'm just east of Toronto. I'm about ninety minutes from the Buffalo border, and about three and a half hours from the Detroit border, and. Uh, and then there's also Sarnia, which is uh, which is parallel to um, uh, what's it called? Uh, Sarnia, and across the way is I can't remember now. Uh, I can't remember the name of the town now. Just across from Sarnia, anyway. There's there's three border crossings fairly close by, and I think you're right, especially for the for the Buffalo, because there there's the there's now I think three casinos on the Ontario side of Niagara, uh, but there's also the Seneca casinos right across. Uh, the falls. And I think there were a lot of people going back and forth there as well. I think you're right about that. Well, Nate. Nate left. <laughs> well, Tony, what's up? What's going on, Tony? What's, what's on the agenda? It's funny. I see Tony modded a lot with Nate. I think he gets here early, but my understanding is he's he's uh, he's typically more listening than anything else. He gets really busy with work. Um, so it looks like uh, looks like uh, you, me, and Random were running this show. <laughs> Two atheists and a Christian who is like a Christian, but she's not questioning. Like I'm not questioning my Christianity, but um, just you know. Well, no, but it's interesting, you know, because you're the, no, but, no, but you're the, it, it's, this, this will sound, I'm not sure how this will sound, so I'll just say it, but, but you're, you're the type of Christian <laughs> that I can, that I can very easily get along with because you, 
I guess if, if I was to put a label on you, I would, I would label you either a progressive or a liberal Christian. I think that's what I would. I think if, if I was projecting onto you, that's what I would do. Does that, does that sound fair? Well, I am very, like, I, I just feel like the, I just feel like, um, for example, I don't celebrate Christmas. I don't celebrate Valentine's Day. I don't celebrate none of these pagan holidays. I just got my kids off of that. They're giving me a hard time about it. But so I'm leaning more into the Bible. Um, but when it comes to the court system, I'm not, I'm not an idiot. Like if we're going to make the justice system work, we need to be fair across the board. You can't be guilty and get shot up and let the police officers be the judge, jury, and executioner. And then we giving them an excuse. You know what I'm saying? And you can't, you know, be corrupt and don't think that you're above the law. I just feel like balance. It's just balance. If you're a balanced person, you should be able to handle life, I think. It's just everything is about balance. Yeah, and and when I, and when I said liberal or progressive, I didn't mean from the standpoint as in you, you are lax or less serious about doctrine. That's not what I meant. I meant more from a social perspective, which it sounds like you are. Yeah, I um, I'm like I'm not about to get into everybody's business. Like, do what you want. Just don't like try to impede on what I should do. Like, I I get very conservative socially when you tell me what pronouns that I have to call you. But if you show up a certain way, if you are showing up as a woman and your name is Natalie, I'm naturally going to say Natalie she because I've just been trained to do that. But if you show up as a man and <laughs> your name is Abram, I'm not, I probably won't call you she and I don't feel like I should lose my job over that. I, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, I also, I agree with that as well. Like, yeah, I think, yeah, I don't think, now, but, and it's interesting, right? And here, oh, I'm really curious about this. So, for example, you meet, a, you, you, meet a, you meet Abraham, right? And, you know, looks, presents as male, right? Hey, I'm Abraham. And then, uh, let's say you both, let's say you both work at the same company. And you work in the Detroit office and he works in the Washington state office, right? Across the country. And you see him, quote unquote, him again, or you, what you think is him, the next time a year later, and you found out that he has transitioned, you kind of recognize him. But he inter- but he now presents as a woman and, and reintroduces it. It's like, oh, D, so good to see you again. I'm not sure if you remember me. Hi, I'm Sheila. <laughs> Michael, look at you with your. Uh, there's there's no right or wrong answer. I'm not trying to track you at <laughs> no, all. No, I don't think you are. I I don't know. Here's the thing. I will. I'm gonna go with my natural my natural thing, right? So I work I work in a LGBT community salon. So um, I have someone who has physically transitioned. I don't know about the inner workers. I don't ask no questions. Um, and the person's name is a female, um, they have a strong jaw. So I know, you know what I'm saying? I know that you're not a woman, but I call them by their name. And then I say, uh, say, so April, she, because it's just easier. 
Like, but I have another, I have another person who I don't know is ambiguous, but she looks like a she, but she has a boy name. Her her boy name, but she looks like a she and she dressed like a she, so I say she, you know. And sometimes I just don't even say it at all because I just I'm I don't it's like I'd rather not put myself in a situation where I'm offending you, but I'm not about to bite my tongue because I'm naturally gonna say like you're not about to get me caught up. No, no, I feel like no, 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 not you, Michael, not you, Michael. Hey guys, I I, I hate to break hate to break up this party, but um I I I really do have to end this thing. Okay. Yeah, see what happens when I wait too long, I get another call, and then I, I'm stuck here. But, yeah. All right. Michael, we will definitely talk about this now. I don't think you were trying to get me caught. I'm talking about my no. job. Like, y'all not yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah. No, I get it. I get it. No, D, I, th- I, think, I think you're a wonderful person, D. I, think you're <laughs> I appreciate that. All right. You're all beautiful souls. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> we talk, we'll talk about this next time, Michael. Yeah, yeah. For sure. See you all later. All right. Bye.